It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Recorded live. Hoaxbusters call. Join the discussion by dialing 724-447-444. Call ID 90337. Yeah, what's going on? How you doing, everybody? It's, uh, well, it's Monday, it's uh, March 27th, and it's 2017, and it's Chris, Chris, and I'm the uh, host of the Hoax Punishers Call. Uh, let's check out, uh, let's go to the chat. Let's go to the chat right now. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to do it. Uh... Yeah, Art Artvark Clone ninety nine is here. Kalita Brigante, Popcat, uh, Richard Benedict seventy three, Psy Girl, Unreal Wade fifty seven, and Wanda Wanda. Good. <clears throat> All right. Um, yeah, what's been going on? Yeah, I uh, took off a couple of weeks. Still adjusting to uh, the the time change. I spoke to John earlier today for a little bit and uh i was asking him about what's going on with the uh with the weather getting warmer and and all of that and the day and the sun staying up longer and he said it was uh he said it was had something to do with spring like the first day of spring and i, I was like i don't know well, i mean i know john's like a conspiracy theorist and a science denier so he but he did say it didn't have anything to do with global warming, so I I was uh, relieved to hear that. But um, yeah, spring, first day of spring. Okay, good, good. I uh, I I I guess I take his word for it. I don't know, but um, yeah, I'm sure. It, I suspect it probably has something to do with global warming, but m- maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe it's a. Uh, I don't know. It's it's confusing. It's hard to tell. Anyway, yeah, I know. It's oh wow. But our, yeah, it's been nice. It's been nice weather. Um, Kalita Brigante says we are having a Scottish heat wave. Scottish heat wave. Wow. I would. Uh, I would think. I, I don't know what the weather is like in Scotland. Never been there, but I, is it cold there? I don't know. Um, I guess not now. I have a heat wave. Do 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 do. All right, excuse me. Oh man, it's belched into the mic. That's not good. In the notes. Oh, that's one thing I I forgot to do. I forgot to 
prepare a quote, but no, I always have quotes prepared. I just need to pick one out of my list. But I'm looking at these, and I've read all these before. But but anyway, I'll uh, do 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 do. I'll just throw one out there. I think it's an oldie but goodie. Oldie but goodie. Not or it's a classic, I guess. The only difference between reality and fiction is that fiction needs to be credible, and that's attributed to Mark Twain. Uh, that's a really good one. The only difference between reality and fiction is that fiction needs to be credible. Fiction needs to be credible. What does that mean, Mark? Uh, well, at the post on the blog at thehoaxbusterscall.com, I, I don't... I don't think that that uh, our current state of propaganda, the narrative that's being pushed, the terror, the terror in uh, recently in uh, Westminster. Westminster It, it is uh, quite out of touch. It is just really dumb. I, I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, uh, so you had a, a guy drive a car, run over some people on a bridge, and then stab some people. I don't, I don't know. But see, there's no footage, which is typical of these things, right? So we live in the year... 2017 spring got extra daylight hours all that you see what's going on we got cameras everywhere absolutely freaking everywhere uh in the united states there's cameras a lot of cameras around uh from from what i understand in 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 jolly old england they have cameras i mean just everywhere but according to these articles uh John found these, sent them to me, and I was looking at these, and I was like, you got to be kidding me, dude. This is just, this is what I mean. The fiction, fiction has to sound plausible. This stuff doesn't even have to sound even remotely reasonable. Uh, Westminster Council agrees controversial move to turn off entire network of CCTV cameras. Uh, all of uh, all of Westminster's council's 75 cameras will cease to operate from September 1st, and this was posted on Monday, the 6th of June, 2016. Uh, last year, yeah, summer last year, Central London Council has made the controversial decision to switch off the entire network of CCTV cameras. Uh, Conservative-run Westminster County City Council agreed. The move at a cabinet meeting on Monday evening as part of an effort to cut cost. It means all the local authorities' 75 cameras will be turned off on September 1st to save up to $1 million per year. Now, well, I was talking to John about this. I, I was like, what are they saving? I mean, it's digital now, I would hope. I don't think they're running VHS tapes to record. I would imagine 
yeah, saving up cost money to to record twenty four seven on VHS tape. But see, the, the modern digital systems aren't. They just run and they save the footage on a hard drive and it's it's archived and you could put settings on it and it can record you can go back and you can have a setting to say well I want to I want it to record and and archive the last you know 72 hours of footage and there you know hard drive I mean how cheap are hard drives now I mean what are you talking about this is this is nonsensical totally nonsensical I mean is it the electric cost that'll save a million year? You don't have to have people watching or posted. You know, you don't have to have people employed to watch the cameras. You're just you're just having footage for after the fact mainly. But we don't have that on this on this thing. I mean, there's some footage that have turned up that is taken from what it looks like four or five miles away with some crappy zoom lens that you can't even see anything going on. There was no cameras on the bridge. Okay, whatever. I mean, yeah, this stuff is just really silly. So this is another article, too. It's a Lint Cafe bosses turn off CCTV cameras to save money, denying police vision of the siege as terrorist man Monas held 18 people hostage inside. The managers of the Lent Cafe have been accused of not running CCTV cameras to cut costs. Tactical police are pictured storming the cafe from the foyer. <clears throat> uh, quote, as we understand it, there's some evidence to the effect that it was too expensive to have those cameras running. Were you aware of any evidence about that, Mr. O'Connell said? Unquote. Yeah, and this is, is an article. It's too expensive to have the cameras running. It's, uh... I, this is just absolutely absurd. But see, no, they never have actual footage of any of this stuff, which is uh, interesting. They had the, what to my recollection. Now, to be, to be fair, I guess they had footage at the, and I'm talking about any of these things, any worldwide, these, these quote-unquote terror, whatever the hell terror attacks and shootings and all that. They did have some footage of the dude at the airport in Florida. But it's kind of like three seconds of him running and firing and then people running away from him. And you don't see what he's shooting at. You just see that he's shooting and then he's running. And then that was like three seconds of footage. And um, I'm pretty sure that airports have cameras everywhere. I I I don't think they're I don't think they're very I don't think it's a it's a it's a scarce commodity in an airport. I think they got cameras all over the place. Last time I was in one they had cameras all over the place. But no, we got like 3 seconds of footage of that. But that is some footage though, I guess. Um none in the Orlando None at uh, Sandy Hook. None at uh, the oh Aurora. I'm just trying to think of all the different ones. It, just no footage. 7-7 London bombing. There was no footage. They said that the cameras glitched out. 
that's a good excuse to say glitch. I mean, don't don't say you turn them off to save money. That that sounds absolutely ridiculous. Uh, what else? Well, you get the drift. I mean, come on. They wouldn't even. I guess what I'm bringing this up and how it fits into the quote is they wouldn't even do this in a in a fictional movie scenario. Like part of the plot line is. Um, like a shop owner says, I I had to turn the camera off. It was too expensive for me to run them. And so we didn't get the thieves getting in, getting in the jewels. It's like, that wouldn't, nobody would write that into a script of a movie. Nobody would do that. That would be just retarded. <clears throat> no, but this doesn't have to be, the reality, quote-unquote, quote reality doesn't have to be credible as credible as fiction i guess that's the point but man alive this is just nonsense but uh yeah and of course there was a drill going on around the same time that very week they were doing an exercise in the thames river and uh just so happens they had the real thing, so-called real thing. <clears throat> okay. It's always the same with this stuff. It always is the same. You get the drills. You got no footage. You got the uh, sketchy story. I haven't looked extensively into this one, but I'm sure there's three or four different motives that are floated out of why they did it. And then... Uh, it's like sometimes it's a Muslim guy, and so it's an open-ended question. Was this terror? It's always an open-ended question. It's never just straight up terror, is it? Or they declare, "I'm fighting for jihad, everybody, and this is why I did this." I, do you ever? But isn't that the point of terror? Is that you're making a political statement, and then you want to know that? Oh, I'm with this group, and then you want to know like why? They, but apparently. That isn't entered into the equation any of that stuff. That's another thing. Like, okay, so if it's a, if it's for jihad, so to speak, and then you go out and you mow some people over in your car, but you never make a an official statement of why you did it. It's like, okay, was the guy drunk and high? Is that why he ran out of the car? It's just ambiguous. Oh, it's just another drug. So what did he, what did, are you trying to send a message or make a statement? Like we need to maybe clamp, maybe make drunken driving illegal. Oh, it's already illegal, but you know what I mean? Like what is your, what is your goal if it's terror? Because terror has to have a goal by definition, right? But the, Somehow this is always missing from these stories. But it's always with the implication that it's terror, and they call it terror. But, like, what... Yeah, well, it's not It's not clearly defined. Or there's no clear... Has there been? Maybe I missed it. But has there been an open declaration of, yeah, this is where the guy does it, and he says, yeah, it's for jihad. Yeah, I, I want... I, I hate... Britain for their freedom and and that's why I did it and it's and it's for jihad and uh this is part of the I I don't I don't ever hear that it's always it's always kind of left like I was saying an open-ended question and it's always kind of vague around like what are the motives what was the motives of the guy who shot up Orlando well it said he was a 
jilted gay lover, and then it was I he hated gays, and he and he saw two gay guys kissing, and it set him off, and he wanted to go kill gays, and then he and then it then it was for jihad, and then it was for oh he's just mentally ill. There was all of those thrown out there, like four, five different motives, like you know. Uh, no, this stuff is really just. It's, it's transparently concocted and, and ridiculous. Um, yeah, before we go further, before I forget, I wanted to thank a couple of donors. Yeah, Peter, thanks, man. Uh, he sent sent a donation. And, uh, yeah, shout out to Jim, too. I appreciate you guys' uh, support. Yeah, I hope I didn't miss any... But I don't. I don't think so. But um, yeah, I always appreciate that. Yeah, I just you know, just you know, whatever somebody wants to send a donation, yeah, feel free. Or uh, if not, it's cool too. I, I mean, I'm doing this on my own time, on my own resources, and uh, of course, it helps to get donations and. Uh, you know there are some expenditures involved, so that you know what donations I get ha- cover it. I pay for some hosting and uh, uh, software and equipment and stuff like that from time to time, and yeah, it helps. So I, yeah, it's really appreciated, and plus it kind of keeps keeps one encouraged to go forward. Like it's you know you get the impression that. Yeah, people appreciate what you do, and it's important to them, and they want to see you succeed and continue. So that's 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 a good deal. Um, but that is what we're dealing with, and this kind of gets old hat because it's always the same thing, isn't it? I mean, will people sort of catch on to the? unrealistic nature of all this and finally you know wake up so to speak or i i don't i don't i don't think so not not in general um people have there's been a lot of people who have become aware of it but um it it just does it doesn't seem like it's really that uh, people are not aren't that open to the idea <clears throat> that this crap is fake. Even though they've, you know, you can go back and you can look at movies like the movie Brazil. They had oh, this is supposed to take place in the dystopian future, and they show you the fake terror in that film. So the idea has been a and put out there and it's also it's in fiction and they show you that oh well the reason is to keep everybody sort of in line and keep them along with the agenda and keep and you know keep people understanding that oh yeah we need the big ass bureaucracies in the government because they keep us safe And yeah, that, like I said, that's been put out in film. 
I was listening to uh, this guy Tom Secker, and he does some. He does a podcast, and he talks about a lot of the same sort of uh, different things that we talk about on the calls and all that, and the CIA's connection to Hollywood, and the uh, he goes into some like terror and stage managed terror and stuff. But with the spin that he puts on it, it's it's yeah, yeah. There's these. I was listening. I haven't listened to a lot of his podcasts, but the last one I was listening to is like, uh, yeah, there's all these drills. Uh, there's references to these drills in movies and film. Uh, and the impression I got with his critique was that it's just all coincidence. It's all coincidence. Uh, there's really nothing to that. The reason why the conspiracy theorists glom onto it and make and point it out and make a big deal out of it is because it was in film. That's why they saw it. They got the idea out of movies, and they're just parroting what they see in movies. And then, and then when they see like Boston bombing, and then there's a drill going on at the same time. Seven seven bombing, and there's a drill going on at the same time. Aurora shooting, and there's a drill going on at the same time. Uh, Westminster, and there's a drill going on at the same time. Uh, Sandy Hook, and there's a drill going in, going on around that same time. Uh, the WDBJ shooting, there's a drill going on at that same time, and the and the uh, and the police officers involved in the drill, the one that apprehended the suspect. Uh, that is all coincidental, and you're a crackpot for thinking that that has any significance or bearing on any of this stuff. That was his – the impression that I got, he didn't come out and state that, but that that's the impression that I got when he was uh, going over this stuff. And um, And I'm thinking, like, what is this dude – because he – you can – he pointed out like maybe three or four instances of the drills going on at the same time, but there is many, many more. And so the way he, his presentation, if you had no idea about this stuff and you were kind of running across his material and you were listening to it, you could, yeah, that, that could be coincidence. Like that's no, a couple of instances there, and they're pointing out, and they're making a big deal out of a couple of times when there was a drill going on the same. There's drills going on all the time, and then you can you can kind of position yourself to say, well, chalk it up to coincidence, and then say, well, yeah, there's nothing to see there, and then roll out a couple of movie clips, and there was the um, there was one I've seen it I've seen it many times, but it's uh, the is a movie called. Uh, Long Kiss Goodnight. I don't think I've ever saw the entire film, but it, it, it's going in there and it's talking about, yeah, we're going to do this terrorist act, and yeah, we're going to get funding from Congress, and yeah, it's, it we don't know how to fake it, so we're going to do it for real. Uh, there's that. There's there's references to. Did he play that one? I don't know, but he played some that were talking directly out about drills and how. Oh yeah, we're what are we going to tell the public? And then did they say, oh, we'll just tell them it was an exercise. So it's sort of referencing the idea and it's putting it out there. But but he's saying, well, you know, so he puts that out there and he says, well, that's how P- 
people get this idea. They wouldn't have this idea if Hollywood didn't put it in their heads. But then I'm thinking, Tom, dude, you probably wouldn't have any clue about these connections unless it was people like uh, like Simon Shack and September Clues and different people out there that have, er, like, way back have talked about this and pointed this out. So, yeah, just because there's movie reference doesn't mean that's where people got the idea. It is definitely a component of the psychological operations, is the drills, and they're, and they're ever-present. They're always there. Charleston, there was a drill. I called the dude, and I was asking him about it, the FBI guy. And um, he was like, where did you get that? You got that off Facebook. I know I know where you get this stuff. You get it off Facebook. That's, that's where you got it. And I said, uh, no, actually, it's a government website. And I gave him the URL to the website. And I said, that's where I got it. It's, it's listed on your website, on your um, disaster emergency preparedness or whatever, active shooter drill going on in Charleston the week of. And I said, well, that's... It, I'm, I was just asking him, is that, is that why the, all the FBI and people were already on the scene uh, with that interview that took place within hours of the so-called event? Did, did the drill have anything to do with that? That's what I was asking him. And he was like, oh, you, you know, basically suggesting, oh, you're a crackpot. You're, you're one of those conspiracy. You read too much Facebook posts and believe what you see on Facebook. And I was like, and I, I think it, he said that like twice after I'd already told him. I said, no, I got this off a government site. I said, is this a government site or is this a fake government site? What is it? Is it .gov? And uh, so what it comes down to, I guess, is that like somebody like Tom Secker, they'll put this stuff out. And there's people out there that just want to believe they don't want to believe that they're being suckered or hoodwinked. So you got somebody like Tom Secker out there that will put this bull crap out, and he's giving you limited information. He's giving you a couple of just you know a very narrow field of view on a couple of instances where there was drills going on, and then try to make the case. Well, that's coincidence. Well, yeah, if it was like one or two, of course it could be a coincidence, but it's that's not. It's like way more than that. Um, it, but but I think what it what it's an indicator of is that there are people that are running across this information, no matter how, because they'll see something like, for instance, like the thing with the cameras I just pointed out earlier. And they'll say, well, is there more to it than this? And they kind of get into maybe looking into a few things here out of curiosity. And they might hear a hoax busters call or something and say, okay, that dude is out of his mind. He's saying that nuke bombs aren't real. This guy is freaking nuts. He's absolutely out of his mind. I saw nuke bombs on TV. This guy is crazy. I've seen a bunch of nuke bombs on TV. You cannot tell me that that's not real. This guy's nuts. So they move on and they'll go to Tom Secker and say, oh, this guy, not only does he speak with a British accent, and he's, a, he's far more eloquent than uh, Chris from Oklahoma by a long way, 
Uh, and he's got a good presentation. He's got clips interspersed. I think this guy is a lot more credible than that dude. I just got that absolutely ridiculous jackass that doesn't think nukes exist. Uh, I saw him on TV. Um, so that's what, that's what guys like him are out there for. And, uh, I think that that is pretty effective. I, I really do. Unfortunately, it's very effective. It's just, just people want something that they can, they know, like they'll read the story. Oh, they cut the cameras off to save money. That doesn't make any damn sense. Uh, maybe they have some vague familiarity with cameras and that, yeah, you, the modern ones, you just plug them in and they're autonomous. They don't even, you don't have to dick with them. They don't cost money to operate. Even if you had a big network of them, it, yeah, it's going to cost you something, but it's trivial compared to what the government throws money away on, on a daily basis. I mean, give me a break. This is absolutely preposterous, but and they may say, oh, yeah, like I was saying, take an interest. And then, yeah, they'll run across somebody like Tom Sager. Or somebody else is just like, oh, just a hand-waving dismissal of it. It's like, no, this terror that we're seeing, it absolutely must be real. I saw it on TV, and it was presented as real. So, yeah, there you go. And Mark Twain was absolutely 100% correct. Whether or not he said that quote or not is absolutely 100% correct. Uh, yeah, I had a couple of people send me this clip. Fake news? Question mark. Woman appears on CNN and MSNBC at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So some dude was flipping through channels and he's like, hey, wait a minute, it's the same lady live on CNN and on MSNBC at the same time. How could that be? And uh, I, I, I suspect the guy was sort of a critical thinker to begin with because I think that maybe the average slub, if they would have saw that and for some bizarre reason became aware of it, you know, like they had a rare moment of uh, cognition there and they notice, hey, that's the same lady, and they flip back and then they look at the bottom and it says live. I think they would... They're, their head would maybe explode because that, that, that'd be like, that can't possibly be. I'm, or maybe they would think that they themselves are completely insane. Like, I must be completely insane. I'm seeing things. And they would go maybe check themselves into a mental hospital because that, because the, the, I saw it on TV, but it can't possibly be live at the same time. But no, no, I mean, I mean, there you go. And I've said this before. I was talking about this in the context of 9-11. I said, well, yeah, they could put the words live, the word live at the bottom of pre-recorded footage and show you that on TV. And just because it says live on the bottom doesn't mean that it's live. I, I've tried to make that point before. I'm sure like, like Tom Sek Secker listeners and stuff like that, like if they heard me say that back then... They would say, that dude is an absolute freaking nut. They would never, ever do that in a million years. They would never put live at the bottom if it wasn't absolutely live. You're crazy. But, you know, here's a clear example of where, obviously, yeah, they put live at the bottom of... And it... 
Well, here too, I mean, we do have multiverses. So was this, now, does MSNBC or CNN, do they get, are they able to somehow punch into one of the multiverses and then get footage from there? Because if you think about it, that would be, if that technology existed, that would be really handy, especially for TV. Like, hey, we're just going to have a picnic out in the park and we're going to plug into the multiverse feed and pull stuff in from the multiverse and show it. And it's like, yeah, can we do that? It's like, yeah, the, we got a multiverse out there where everything is identical. You know, we have a duplicate Earth and a duplicate, in, in you know, because there's limitless, because, you know, like Richard Dawkins and Lawrence Krauss is going to tell you that, you know, there's, and, and then uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson about the multiverse is science. You know, it's like, yeah, there's unlimited universes out there, uh, infinite. So they just tap into one where, like, yeah, everything is identical to the Earth, except for maybe like one thing, like uh, um, Anderson Cooper's got his eyebrow pierced in that one. So they just they can broadcast feeds from that multiverse, and then they just you know we're just not we're going to have Anderson Cooper not be on TV today because we don't want to show him with his eyebrow pierce because everybody's going to know that's not him because he doesn't have his eyebrow pierce or we'll have to answer later when he doesn't have you know you, you see what i mean but um where was i going with that oh yeah the multiverse and then uh that because certainly the news wouldn't display a live banner when it wasn't live and i guess what i'm trying to say is like yeah before you i i i I mistakenly jumped to a conclusion and 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 saying that maybe TV is misrepresenting itself or the TV people, like that old guy that Clinton references in his biography. Yeah, them TV fellers, they can do anything and make you think it's real. That's why I don't believe in the moon. Hoax, fake thing. Uh, the TV fellers are, oh, really, man? You think the TV fellers might be pulling a fast one? What was that old guy thinking? Well, he's obviously senile. But it's like, but I'm what I'm trying what I'm scrambling for here is an explanation. And it's like I the the go to it in the year 2017 is the multiverse. So you can always bring that in. You can always bring in the multiverse to explain something like this. Because certainly CNN and MSNBC wouldn't show something on television and put a live banner at the bottom if it wasn't actually live at that time. So yeah, I, I'm just giving that out to Tom Secker so he can. Um, use that because he might run across this and it might really cause him some mental strain. And I said, dude, 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 no, it's, it's the multiverse, man. Oh, yes, you're correct, Chris. It could be the multiverse and we can explain all this with the multiverse. I, I, I can't do a Tom Secker impersonation, but uh, not to bash. I don't care. I mean, I don't get off on bashing other people that are doing podcasts and stuff but i'm just um it just made me it just got under my skin i guess listening to that oh wow wow um but i wanted to read out of this uh this book here influence science and practice by robert b caldini if i'm saying his name right 
I think this uh, book has a lot of stuff in there that's pertinent. And it's about psychology and how marketing works and stuff like that. But I'll just read a couple of... uh, It's about a page. It's about two single-sided pages. Uh, The tactic of starting with a little request in order to gain eventual compliance with the related larger request has a name. The foot in the door technique. Social scientists first became aware of its effectiveness in 1966 when psychologists Jonathan Friedman and Scott Frazier published an astonishing set of data. They reported the results of an experiment in which researcher posing as a volunteer worker had gone door-to-door in a residential California neighborhood, making a preposterous request of homeowners. The homeowners were asked to allow a public service billboard to be installed on their front lawns. To get an idea, to get an idea of the way the sign would look, they were shown a photograph depicting an attractive house, the view of which was almost completely obscured by a very large, poorly lettered sign reading "Drive carefully." Although the request was normally an, although the request was normally and understandably refused by the great majority of the residents in the area, it says only 17% complied. One particular group of people reacted quite favorably. A full 76% of them offered the use of their front yards. The prime reason for their startling compliance has to do with something that had happened to them about two weeks earlier. They had made a small commitment to driver safety. A different volunteer worker had come to their door and asked them to accept and display a a little three-inch square sign that read, Be a Safe Driver. It was such a trifling request that nearly all of them had agreed to it. But the effects of that request were enormous. Because they had innocently complied with a trivial, safe driving request a couple of weeks before, these homeowners became remarkably willing to comply with another such request that was massive in size. Uh, Friedman and Frazier didn't stop there. They tried a slightly different procedure on another sample of homeowners. These people first received a request to sign a petition that favored Quote, keep California beautiful, unquote. Of course, nearly everyone signed since state beauty, like efficiency in government or sound prenatal care, is one of those issues no one opposes. After waiting about two weeks, Freeman and Frazier set a new, quote, volunteer worker, unquote, to these same homes, asked the residents to allow the big drive carefully sign to be erected on their lawns. In some ways, the response of these homeowners was the most astounding of any in the study. Approximately half of these people consented to the installment of the Drive Carefully billboard, even though the small commitment they had made weeks earlier was not to driver safety but to an entirely different public service topic, state state beautification. At first, even Freeman and Frazier were bewildered by their findings. Why should the little act of signing a petition supporting state beautification cause people to, to be so willing to perform a different and much larger favor? After considering and discarding other explanations, Friedman and Frazier came upon, came upon one that offered a solution to the puzzle. Signing the beautification petition changed the views of these people had of themselves. They saw themselves as public-spirited citizens who acted on their civic principles. When two weeks later they were asked to perform another public service by displaying the Drive Carefully sign, they complied in order to be consistent with their newly formed self-images. 
according to Freeman and Frazier, uh, what may occur is a change in the person's feelings about getting involved or taking action. Once he has agreed to a request, his attitude may change. He may become, in his own eyes, the kind of person who does this sort of thing, who agrees to requests made by strangers, who takes action on things he believes in, who cooperates with good causes. Uh, what the Freeman and Fraser findings tell us, then, is to be very careful about agree- agreeing to trivial requests. Such an, agree- such an agreement can not only increase our compliance with very similar, much larger requests, it can also make us more willing to perform a variety of larger favors that are only remotely connected to the little one we did earlier. It's a second general kind of influence con- concealed within small commitments that scares me it scares me enough that i rare i am really rarely willing to sign a petition anymore even for for a position i support such an act such an action has potential to influence not only my future behavior but also my self-image in ways i I may not want further once a person's self-image is altered all sorts of subtle advantages become available to someone who wants to exploit that new image who among Freeman and Fraser's homeowners would have thought that the volunteer worker, quote-unquote, who asked them to sign the state beautification petition was really interested in having them display a safe-driving billboard two weeks later? Who among them could have suspected that their decision to display the billboard was largely a result of signing the petition? No one, I'd guess. If there were any regrets regrets after the billboard went up, who could they conceivably hold responsible but themselves and their own damnably strong civic spirits? They probably never even considered the guy with the, quote, keeping California beautiful, unquote, petition and all that knowledge of social jujitsu. That is, uh, I think, something to for us all to be aware of, yeah. The little commitments, like it says in there, that causes you to change your self-image. Like you can adopt a self-image and then in order to stay consistent with your new self-image, you'll comply with the request of the people who created that self-image in you. That is pretty interesting and actually profound, I think, as far as how... Now, that applies to marketing, but I've, 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 I've tried to make this point before about how this terror stuff is an example. This is not... This is... As we're told... The way that I look at it is that you can categorize it as a form of advertising or marketing. And it's like, what are they... And there's different ideas and stuff that are being sold to the consumer, the consumer of the news, the 24-hour news cycle, and the newspapers and the Newsweek magazine, Time magazine, blah, 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 on and on. Uh it's a it's a commodity that there are individuals that want to sell you something and they do it through these phony narratives these fake stories these 
the this fairy tale notions of uh yeah all these terrorists that are out to kill you for your freedom and uh that is what uh what we're being confronted with i think a lot of this works in the same way that marketing works it's all, it's all about manipulation and, and social engineering and behave uh perception management and uh yeah ca- causing people as gr- as masses as groups to behave with a certain predetermined outcome based on these methods and something I've been talking about the last couple of calls and I've been making some posts about is this new identity politics. And I think that's relevant in relation to this, too. It's like you could give people this, like it described in this, uh, in that, in those, uh, that excerpt I just read. And again, that book is uh, Influence, Science, and Practice by Robert Cialdini, C-I-A-L-D-I-N-I. is that you could create a new image for somebody to adopt and then exploit it. And, uh, yeah, I think that is with this identity politics, too. And then as you're seeing now unfolding, you know, you commit to something that you think is, oh, well, it's no big deal. This is part of my identity now. Uh, and there's been some uh, a label stuck to it as social justice warrior. Uh, and, and people, I, I don't think they willfully wear that label. Maybe they do, do they? I don't know. Is that something that was adopted by that classification of people? I I'm not sure. But the point is, is that they have this identity and they see themselves as crusaders for social justice. And it starts out with certain what would be considered, uh, yeah, not so big a deal. Oh, gay marriage. And then, uh, well, what's the problem? Don't It's live and let live. Don't we want these people to be married, too? And it's like, yeah, well... Screw the kids and all that, being born, being raised without mothers and stuff like that. That's doesn't enter into the discussion. I, I think it, based on that, it's it's and plus marriage. I don't, you know, it's like what is it anyway? It's a piece of paper they stick in a file. Uh, th- th- that's not the point. The point is the greater program of social engineering of what that does and what it communicates to people in general as a whole and shapes their identity, no matter if who they are, whether they're. Uh, identified as because it's if anything's a social construct is this it's the gay idea and and, and certainly this uh and it's a it's a mental illness and, and certainly all this uh identity stuff is is an expression of mental illness uh, and then it's now it's being incorporated into this new social construct that is completely artificial and based on mental illness which is uh pretty fitting because i think the whole entire system of so-called government is a uh is an exhibition of mental illness in and of itself it's cult-like behavior it's a unquestioned premise that never gets dealt with and uh along that lines i i just recently um i, I was sent an article by don a, a, a listener 
it goes by the handle the lion and talking about um, how the House of Commons are they're not wearing the powdered wig anymore, and um, well maybe that's because they're they're running short of powder powdered wig powder that that is uh, maybe uh, but then it says that they will continue to wear the gowns so um, yeah they're going to continue with the cross dressing but that. Like I said, that's it's it's a system that is um, it, it's an exhibition of uh, mental instability. Uh, yeah, you have these designated people that don't adhere to laws, and then now people are uptight about of them of these individuals like diddling children and stuff in their spare time as a hobby. It's like, well, okay, you have to understand that they're above the law. It's like uh, this PizzaGate thing I keep hearing about. It's like. Yeah, this you're talking about your god people that are above the law. It's like what what don't you understand about that? They, oh, they're into that too. Well, what how is that a surprise? I don't know. They're above the law. That's that's how it works. Um it's like yeah, that's a, it's it's never going to end until you you have a, a total dismantling of the of this uh cult. Which how long has it been around uh, the western so-called civilization as we know it i don't i don't know but it it's um but it's yeah it's predicated on this uh what i i would i say is a is a is a crazy notion like the powdered wig men made something made some scribblings on some parchment and now they're law forever when do they do they ever expire does it have an expiration the constitution does it have an expiration date do, do they it it, it it's some some shit that's written down on paper and that they tell us is totally open to interpretation so it could mean one thing 200 years ago and mean something completely different today but see the guys in the gowns got to interpret it for us otherwise that's why you know when i hear these people out on youtube and on podcasts and stuff commenting on something being constitutional or not it's like Okay, unless you're wearing a, unless you're a crossdresser in a black gown right now, you have no position to say anything about the Constitution because you're not one of the selected designated gods. That's why do they always miss that? It's like they get they get to run in their mouth about what's constitutional and what's not. That's 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 not you can't. You're not a you're not a um, a, a crossdressing god man. But um, the point i was trying to make about that was that um what was the point well what was i going into oh well yeah the um yeah premise on which a lot of this stuff is based it's 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 um uh, it's a faulty premise and um it is uh part of how you know you get to a situation to where you, what you're seeing is uh, movies and books the push to popularize or at least in some part to to soften people up to the idea of cannibalism and that's kind of where we're at at this point and certainly the promotion of pedophilia has been underway for some time. So 
people's attitudes are being shifted about that. And I think that's part of this process, and that and that's indicated that's indicated talked about here in this book. It's this it's this consistency principle that people want to remain consistent, and that's why I talk about the underlying logic behind it. And I was going into that pretty extensively with the veganism thing because it was like what stood out to me when I was arguing with uh, in my brief interchange with uh, Mark Stevens because the only way that I could dialogue with him on is he's got a really restricted format where he's got commercial breaks every five minutes and stuff like that. But anyway, uh, what I gathered from that, which I think that he's a pretty intelligent fellow, so he's a good representative of the whole vegans concept, which is, has gained popularity with over the last you know couple of years. And, 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 and at the same time, we're seeing this um, advocacy of cannibalism. And it's like, well, how are those two things connected? How could they possibly be connected? You know, veganism and cannibalism? Well, that's why I wanted to touch on. It's like the underlying logic that supplies the individual with their uh, worldview and their, and their identity, their perception of themselves, and then on that, what they accept. So you have the criteria, if you go back and listen to uh, where I was talking about that, um, animal, vegetable, mineral, cannibal, one of the past calls, it was like I was trying to communicate that the best way I could in, in that I'm just pointing out that uh, if the vegan position is based on, you know, the idea that animals are of equal status to human beings. Like there's no, if you kill an animal, it's the moral equivalent of killing a human being. And that is sort of the position that is the vegan position in a lot of respects. That what it came, that's what, what I gathered was Mark's position, even though he said at one point that a caller asked him like, what, what if I got a chicken in my backyard and I can't and I don't have anything else to eat? I'm starving. Well, he said, if you're starving, then that that makes it ethical. That makes it okay. And so, what are your establishing moral principles that establish your behavior? It's like, well, it's not that you have an idea that human beings are distinct and separate and made in the image of God or the Creator. It's not that. It's that you. The only thing I can gather was like your your desire to survive, and I guess you know it, it sounds like to me, even though it wasn't expressly stated, that's kind of a Darwinistic perspective. It's like your main moral imperative is survival because it's survival of the fittest and everything. That's what it's based on, and to perpetuate your genetics. So if it comes down to your survival or a chicken getting slaughtered and killed and eaten, then you kill because you're the main consideration is, is uh, survival. So then by extension, well, it, it, it wouldn't really matter because, you know, we've already established that it's the moral equivalent of killing a child. So there could be a child in the backyard and it's like, well, I don't have anything else to eat. I'm starving. Uh, you kill the child and eat the child. Well, based on that set of moral uh, standards and criteria, then yes, you would by extension do that. Like you wouldn't take any more measures to avoid that, you know, situation. Or you may choose, hey, I'm just going to, I'm not going to eat, I'm not going to eat a child or kill a child just so I can live. I choose to die. 
Would you say that for a chicken or you say that for a child or what? Is there a difference or is there not? Well, if that is your main, if, if that is your main consideration, the, the self-preservation, then that's your only consideration. You don't, you don't have anything else to consider. It's, so it doesn't make any difference if it's a child or a chicken. Uh, so you go over to this new series that came out and I got the synopsis of it. I, I, I can only look at what I could stomach of the trailer uh, about a couple. It's I don't even want to say the name of it because I don't want to even promote it. I don't want to post this stuff on my blog to promote it. But it's uh, about a couple, and it's supposedly a comedy, and it's supposedly about she identifies as a cannibal. Well, that that was the part that stood out. I said she self-identifies as a can as a zombie, and and by nature zombies are cannibals, right? So that was the whole plot of the of this ridiculous uh, series. I said, well, that's very interesting because, like, in line with what Mark Stephen was saying, is like that is the absolute moral imperative is that is, is self preservation. So if somebody identifies as a zombie, they need human flesh to survive, and we've already established that Bradley Manning is a she now. It's not it's not a he anymore. He self identifies as a she. And he is literally a she. Caitlyn Jenner is literally a she. And they even say, you'll hear these, see these preposterous headlines like, does, does Caitlyn Jenner have her penis? It's like, okay, how more of a disconnected sentence can you get? Her penis. Females don't, I don't know. Do I need to say that? Do I need to say that? But no, we've already established that, that like you identify as a, as a she if you're a male or vice versa, and you are a she. You identify as a zombie, you are a zombie. You, you need human flesh to survive. Do you get it? This is where this is all going. I mean, I don't know how it could be more clear. But, uh... Yeah, this whole identity politics and all that. What are you think? Where do you think that it's going to stop? Where do you think that there's there is no more boundaries anymore? There is nothing to stop the progression of this. There is no logic or reason or philosophy or anything to contain this. This is uh, this we're through the looking glass and over the rainbow and all this other shit. Oh, whatever you want to say. This is this is I. What other conclusion that you can come to other than is hey, it's about time to wrap it up. We're we're going. This is. You always hear end times uh, rantings and stuff like that, but I, with this stuff, I, I, I'm starting to turn into an end time times or whatever you want to call it, because this stuff is just this is like too, too out there and too, too heavily pushed at this point. This is like all all holds bar, just pushing this stuff from every angle, and it's like, what else could this mean other than? the absolute final push to completely destroy what remains of the culture and society and, and, and by extension, maybe even civilization so-called itself. <laughs> Where is it getting go from here? Oh, man. I mean, of course not everybody's on 100% on board. Not everybody's 100% on board with pedophilia. Uh, but I guarantee you there's plenty of people out there that are. Uh, based on just some cursory examination, 
I was, I was talking about this one guy has posted a video of another of several channels that he was ran across on YouTube and it was all young kids and it was like people commenting on making sexual comments so it was like pedophilia channels on YouTube just freely on YouTube and from what I understand it's freely all it's all over Facebook and it's all over Twitter and it's all over the social media just completely just out in the open and 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 pedophilia commentary and all that uh so yeah yeah it's disturbing i don't know i really want to maybe not talk about it anymore for a little bit because it's pretty it is pretty disturbing so that's the kind of stuff that gets me kind of concerned like the terrorism stuff or talks and new talk the russians are going to nuke us all this stuff they're trying to scare people with it's like that doesn't bother me this stuff here and then trying to gauge how what the level of acceptance is out there and it's like you get you get into conversations with people and it's like yeah there is nothing to restrain this stuff people will go along with just about any damn thing now they're primed and ready I've talked to people that I, I uh, and it's some recent conversations I've had, and it's like, yeah, this is just, this is, people are primed and ready to accept just, just about any damn thing. It's like, they, they, you know, you try to, you try to, it's like, wow, what, what do you think about this? Or what is, is, this, is this right? It's like, well, whatever people want to do, as long as it's consensual. And it's like, okay, well, define consensual because, you know, that these are all words that are open to interpretation just like everything else. And who gets to find that? Well, the courts do. And they're making all kinds of laws and stuff that are right in line with just what I'm talking about that are, that are opening up the door for this widespread acceptance of pedophilia now. It's like, wow, wow. But, uh... Scoo doop 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 doo. Looking in the chat. Let's see. Lee Harvey Oswald was spotted with Elvis as they were both leaving Trump Tower. Within minutes, they were both spotted at the movie theater in Dallas. Huh, interesting. Oh, I got a caller in her. New York, New York City, New York. Well, let me, uh, I'll play this bumper. And then we'll go to the caller in her. Thank you for listening to the Hoax Busters Call. You can join the discussion by dialing area code 724-444-7444. Caller ID 90337. Hoaxbusters. That's right. Conspiracy. Or just theory. Hey, New York City, what's going on? How you doing? 
Hulkbusters call. You're on the air. You're on the air. Go ahead. I can't hear anything at all. I'm pretty sure you guys can hear me because you would have said something in the chat by now. Hey, Chris, just know I got your back on Trump. Guys like Coat aren't going to pressure you into hiding your support. Uh... Hi, Chris. I will talk to Jadar about having a Trump show. Can't hear you, but not New York. I can't hear New York either. Do doop 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 doop. I think maybe New York's trying to plug in there. Oh, got another caller in there popped in. Central Massachusetts. Let's see what we got here. Central Massachusetts, what's going on? Hey, Chris. Great to talk to you. Good. Who's calling? This is, uh, I recognize the voice. Uh, no, this is a new caller, first-time caller, long-time listener. Oh, Really cool. love, uh, love all the work that you do. Um, caught up on a lot of your, uh, your old shows with Jay. Really enjoyed killing some time listening to those shows. That's great stuff. You sound a little bit, I mean, just a little bit, like uh, Eric Dubay. Not much, <laughs> though. <laughs> well, not, not, we're both from uh, the Northeast, I guess. I guess he's originally from Maine. Oh, that's what it is. Like myself okay. from Boston. From Boston, yeah. You don't have the thick Boston accent, but that's what it, I guess that's what it sounds like <laughs> if it's toned down. Yeah, I don't know. Do I yeah, sound like I got a hick accent? You don't get it. No, I don't think so. You know, way from Oklahoma, you said, but, you know, it's not yeah. a big accent by any means. I think it comes and goes. I think it's kind of faded over the years. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, uh, I got, I, when I lived out in California, I would get comments from time to time, like, yeah, you, you know, sound like a hick and i was like i i don't know i didn't know i sound like a hick maybe i did then i don't know maybe i don't know i don't know but yeah anyway so you when did you well, start listening you speak very intelligently so oh well thanks um, man. not everybody thinks so but no I, lo- I love the logic you use when you break down your analysis catching picking up on a lot of uh a lot of good practices there some discernment you know it's important well yeah i think it's important to uh kind of combat some of this stuff i mean you know we have a ability to maybe in certain venues and stuff to to offer some pushback on some of this stuff i know i know like now we're kind of to the point and where a lot of us uh are sort of isolated into our own like bubbles you know and then it's like yeah well, for sure yeah so you get this stuff kind of so hard to find people 
you can even speak intelligently about these topics with. So when the opportunity arises, it's it means a lot. Yeah, then when you get into a conversation, uh, at, least, at least from my experience, like typically with kind of like ran, you know, random people or maybe like friends that you know and stuff like that, it's like all their ideas, I recognize their ideas and their point of view from from television. That's where yeah, it's like, I, and it's like that's where they get this idea because like they can't support it with uh, reason. Like they can't get good reason why they think the way they do. When you challenge them on it, they can't, they don't have a reason for them thinking the way they do. They just they they never thought it through, and then they get what it what ends up happening, and they get mad at you. And it's like, why are you getting mad at me? I, it's like I don't. It's like I, I just ask you to clarify what what the hell you're where the hell you're coming from, and you don't know, and you get mad at me. That's just it's just like what how what do you do with that? You know. They must feel that the. The foundations of their reality are based upon nothing, so it's, a, it's an unnerving feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose it's uh, when yeah you 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 confront somebody with that, and then they just are going to lash out at you like it's your fault. You know, it's like, well, no, it's uh, you get all your ideas off television, which uh, which if you if you take the hours that we set in front of the television. Typically, from when we're little kids to when we get grown, that's a lot of hours. That's a lot of exposure. So, you, if you're gonna get anything, you're gonna get influence. There's no, there's no way around it. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about that um, earlier about how we're immersed in, you know, I guess the best way to describe it is a matrix, right? And the television's probably the the most dominant force of that, but it's really you can't avoid it. It's everything. It's every piece of media that you come in contact with. It's everything you've learned since a young age. So <laughs> deprogramming all that takes a lot of effort. Oh, definitely, and it uh, it 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 it's painful sometimes. Yeah, it is painful. It's sure. like uh, yeah, it's distressing sometimes. And uh, but on the other hand, on the flip side. The stuff that's out in the media and all that, is it not disturbing and distressing on its face? Oh, absolutely. I can't, you know, I, I can't imagine, you know, all the violence that, that, that we're subjected to, all the weird topics, you know, all the desensitization. I get, I joined the call a bit early t- today, I mean, a bit late today, so I missed what you were talking about, but I, can, I only imagine you, you're referring to the, the pedogate type stuff and how dark all that is and that's unavoidable too to to a degree yeah and i think it is just uh an expression of an ongoing mental illness or a cult uh, uh, you know being inside of a cult which is uh the i don't want to say usa i think it's a broader cult or western civilization or whatever you want to call it because this is definitely goes on in Britain and you're all over Europe and uh, right. the so-called Western world, and I don't think it's specifically yeah, whatever this yeah. matrix is, wherever it originated from. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah, the money system, and then you know, whenever you have people anywhere that accept money in the same way that they accept uh, topsoil, uh, it's just like kind of part of nature, or it's like it's like water or oxygen. It's like money is kind of 
when you have money that important to that extent to the individual, that's what I'm talking about, where they live, they're, they're securely embedded into a very specific type of system. And yeah, definitely. And, and you know, we're I think we're typically so embedded that we, and we take it so for granted that you know when you when you talk outside of it or you propose anything that's outside of it, they, they, it's it's really that's another thing that's really disturbing to people, like just the idea of life without money. Sure. Are you familiar with uh, Michael Tellinger? Oh, He's the guy familiar. who's starting this. He's been involved in a bunch of stuff. He he, uh, I think he first made a name for himself. I first ran into him when he when he was talking about some archaeological sites in South Africa that date back like hundreds of thousands of years, and you know that they're still uncovering them now. And it's basically alluding to some type of ancient technology and all that called Adam's calendar. But now he's up to the point where he's he has this um, system that he calls Ubuntu, and it's kind of like a alternative governance government type of a system that doesn't use money and according to him it you know by following this practice which is just doing a little bit every day and sharing the wealth type of a system you know you you create just complete abundance more so than any society would need it's an interesting idea can you give me that name again that guy's name i'll write it sure uh michael tellinger I'm not sure, you know, I'm not vouching for the guy or anything, you know. But um, he's got interesting ideas. He recently came out uh, talking about the flat earth theory. Uh-huh. Um, but he's he's taken a step back away from that statement, I guess, in his, from what I heard, it's because he feels the world isn't ready for that information. Um, but he's certainly an open-minded guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm... I've said I was on uh, Tim's call on his show last time, and I, the the subject of flat Earth came up, and I was talking about it as if like the idea has like zero validity. I didn't want to. I wanted to clarify that that uh, I don't. I, I'm not saying that people out there that are proposing it like have no, no good points or anything. I'm not even taking that position. But um, mm-hmm. the conclusion I've come to is like. Uh, which I, don't, I, I believe that it's the Earth is round; it's a sphere, just like the Moon and just like the uh, you know planets and all that. It's, it's spherical. Uh, you know, it's like it, it fits with what you can observe. Like the Moon is a sphere. I, I mean, that's what I base it on. Yeah, the Moon's really strange. Yeah, I but mean, it's, we it, only see it, one it, side of it. Yeah, and the craters are facing us, which is very bizarre. Oh, you know something um, about the craters that's interesting. Uh, I think Neil deGrasse Tyson said this, which I I don't disagree with everything he says. I think he does bring up some good points, but he says, "Oh yeah, you ever notice like, well, if there are craters from meteorites, then you should see some that like where the craters hit them at an angle, so that you should see some like scarring or long, you know, uh, or uh, you know, elongated, you know, rips or something in the surface of the moon. But it's all it's all just these round." pockmarks that says that's not from meteorites i was like wait a minute i thought we were always told that was from meteors but uh so what's his explanation uh he was saying something something has to do with something volcanic or something i don't know i don't think he knows for real but i think that is a very pertinent point that it's not yeah you if it was 
something that was coming from outer space and hitting the moon, it would be you would yeah you would see irregular patterns of uh, damage. You wouldn't see them all consistently round and pockmarked like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I saw some. I saw some video. You know, one of the many videos that call, all kind of blend together. But it, it was showing something how some type of electrical reaction on some type of surface creates an almost identical sort of. I don't know, pock marks or whatever, regular indents or whatever. This is kind of interesting. I think it's going along some type of electric universe type of a model, but it seemed to fit based upon the examples they were showing. But the other weird thing with the moon that's worth pointing out is, is um, you know, if you flash a light, a directed light, like a flashlight on, on a ball, right, if you're holding like a, um, I don't know, a lacrosse ball or something like that, and you, you flash the light on it, you're going to see a central point of light um, on the sphere, right? It's not going to be evenly distributed light as we see it on the moon. That seems kind of like an anomaly to me. Yeah, yeah. There's all kinds of different stuff. I think the moon definitely looks spherical. And just the idea that it would be a flat plate floating around there, that just doesn't make sense to me. I, I just don't. I, I don't like no, that idea. No, no. Like uh, I think it's more it's more like uh, something similar to whatever the sun is, I guess, only a dimmed version or something. I've heard that sort of thrown out there. But to me, the important thing with the flat Earth, not to go off on a, a long thing about this, because I'm sure you want to talk about that, but my only thing with that is it's more important to question the standard cosmology necessarily than to, you know what I mean, to, to adhere to any type of particular cosmology because then you can easily visit dis- disregarded or debunked or called crazy. But just to say, clearly the information they're giving us about heliocentricity, you know, things like that, there's a lot of errors there. There's a lot of, you know, bad math. Just look at dark energy and dark matter, right? It's this remainder to an equation that's, you know, equivalent to 99.9% of the matter in the universe or something. Like, clearly that they're, they're messing around with, with our science. Um, so with that information, I would just say keep an open mind about what's really happening, why they're, why they're lying to us, and what the deeper meanings of that, you know, what, the, um, what that means, I guess. Mm-hmm. And to me, it seems they're, they're, hiding, they're hiding a creator, you know, because without that cosmology, you lose a lot of your evolutionary theory, um, and it's all kind of tied together. The whole scientism is all tied together to this one idea. Um, based on the cosmology. So you get rid of that, and then everyone's perspective on the world could change, <laughs> which the world probably is not ready for. Well, yeah, I agree. I, But I, I think about the with the whole flat Earth thing, I think that whether... Okay, like, even if the Earth was flat, which I don't believe it is, but e- even if it is, and, the, and then, you know, here our people are making this discovery, wh- whatever, whatever people's views on that they think well that will convert people to god or or what have you and i I think and people are you know trying to make that case but what what it what it is doing in reality as far as our 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 social political political social sphere goes it is setting people up to be ridiculed and dismissed that is what it's doing in reality, regardless of because you're not yeah. going to prove flat Earth to anybody, especially w- the way that all the main purveyors of it are approaching it. This is like they don't have any good methodology, really, that I can tell 
they don't they don't have any uh, really good succinct laid out talking points other than a, a few handful which which you go investigating yeah. them to and they can go either way it's like a lot of the stuff out there is not conclusive and it for me it just brought up more questions than it didn't answers on a lot of stuff when i was looking into it so i i i i don't i i consider myself you know at least average intelligence so it it's going to I, I think most people are that are really going to honestly do an inquiry into that are going to come away either the same conclusion I did or they're going to be um, just just immediately come to the conclusion that like that is crazy and anybody who has any association with that idea is totally nuts. That that is what yeah, it's, it's, that is what it's doing in reality. That is what it's doing right now as we currently speak. And and, right. and and now, like, people continually want to talk about it, and then um, I'm not saying it's bad to, but I'm just saying that um, there's now this association is being drawn with, like, oh, anything that's counter to, like, if I'm critical of Neil deGrasse Tyson or any of mainstream science like that, well, you're a flat earther. And and this is this is part of a psychological operation and, and you know exactly. social engineering program that's been underway for the last several years, and um, well, I, it's yeah. very similar to me to how they handle PizzaGate in the in the matter of it's clearly a limited hangout psyop, right? Where yeah. they they're saying there's this deeper truth and we need to hide it at all costs, so we have to manufacture the way that it ends up being presented to society so we can control it completely. Right. Right. And then what is going to be the ultimate outcome is that if you have an understanding, which I, I, I think, uh, I think I have a, a, a pretty good grasp on how government actually works is that, you know, like I, I point out frequently and I, I've given example many examples in the past is like you know you have these people that are identified as government and and um, I, I think it is it's important to understand that yes definitely these people don't have to follow the laws like everybody else do it's like I think that's an important thing when you're approaching the subject is you have to understand that it's like these the law does not apply to these people it does not apply to them it's like they show you it too like they they they, they had what do they had Hillary Clinton and she like confessed to like yeah I you know I you know I I I I you know violated all these rules and stipulations and stuff about you know stuff that's regularly in any other context is regarded as like critical national security and all this stuff all these security clearances and all this stuff but she violated all that very carelessly whatever according to her admission but she got just total, totally got away with it scot free and then you had this uh, supposed this new guy come in that's uh that's going to be the law and order guy that's going to drain the swamp or whatever does he go after hillary uh have his guys that he appoints um say you know we need to look into this woman and you know she needs to do some jail time for these crimes no because the, these people are above the law that's and then and they tell you that through these narratives and these stories whether regardless of what she did with her email or is not important What's important is what was communicated to the masses is like you have these designated people that don't have to follow the law like you do. And, you know, the same thing with the the, uh, Iran-Contra thing and all that. They just – what law did they not break? It's like every conceivable law in the book. 
And it's like, did the like uh, Oliver North? Did he get did he get any significant amount of jail time at all? No, he got a suspended sentence. It's like, oh, so this guy doesn't have to follow the law. He's only he's part of the God people that gets to enforce it on everybody else, but they don't have to follow. It's just like you know, same old story. Like was in the back of the in the Bible, they talked about the Pharisees. They imposed all these regulation laws on the masses, and like uh, Jesus was talking, griping them out, saying, well, they wouldn't lift, they don't lift a single pinky to bear the burdens that they put on everybody else. I was like, yeah, the Pharisees, it's the same system, is what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to say that they're literally Pharisees, yeah, totally. but it's, it's the same mentality. It's what you get with this, this, this uh, certain configuration, so-called civilization or whatever you want to call it. That's what you got. And it's like, well, you go back and look at uh, ancient Rome or whatever, or Greece and all that, and it's like, um, you you could go look it up, and they had all these depictions of uh, pedophilia and all that. Like, oh, it was a popular thing back then because because uh, the, the idle rich class they get into they get into every other um, you know with with unlimited hookers and whatever they want, and then they get bored with that. And what do they go off to, to kids and everything else, dogs or whatever? They get they're deviants. They're 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 the uh, the idle uh, wealthy class that can only exist in an artificial construct like a so-called civilization and look at the architecture that covers dc and that whole area right yeah exactly kind of right in your face exactly so what would you what else would you expect and i think that it's like it's such an integral part of dc and always has been and and and, you know they can draw attention to it for to this for this particular psyop but i think that what this is going to serve to do because you have this arch villain, this this uh, created uh, performance artist named Trump, that's there as the arch villain for the left, and so he is sort of the pushboard so that all the the new ideas that the left now need to to absorb uh, to be um, consistent with their identity. Is you know, hey, we need to take a softer stance on pedophilia. Hey, you know, uh, some people like to identify maybe as cannibals. You know, we need any and everything. We need to take a softer position on, and that's the way. And we already seen the right go to embrace gays, and then you know, when we go through another cycle of this, the right wing will be more like the left in those respects, mm-hmm. and then that's how the dialectic works, and that's how. Yeah, little hey, Galen dialectic. Yep, the Galen dialectic. Pushing <laughs> you ever closer towards totalitarianism and just complete loss of morals. Yeah, and both sides are working to that end. You know, the the left wing and right wing is is the same bird. I think that's an old hack phrase and stuff. It's like yeah, two wings of the same bird of, of prey, right? Bird. Exactly. And they show you that on the dollar bill. They have the two, they have the bird, and they have the body concealed behind like a shield. And they have the two wings poking out uh, each side of the shield, the left wing and the right wing. Oh, don't get, don't get us started on the dollar. There's all types of weirdness coded in that if you listen to some people. The but dollar. That's yeah. kind of a rabbit hole. Right, yeah. One thing I did want to talk symbol. about. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was going to... So every now and then I'll just throw on Drudge Report to see what type of propaganda is, you know, being paid attention to. And, of course, on the front headline is uh, 
Elon Musk talking about connecting computers to brains. Oh, yeah. And it's like every other day there's like a new propaganda meme that's started by this guy, Elon Musk. It's like ridiculous. He's, he's like one of their favorite puppets, it seems. Yeah, you notice they'll have those front men that come out, and I think that's a a long tradition. I've heard, I've heard the term lifetime actor. I think it it suits these types of people well, right? It's like they were cast to play this character, and they just trot them out every time they need, you know, Stephen Hawkins and all these guys. These guys are just actors, really. <laughs> Yeah, Wanda Wanda in the chat saying I'm full of shit that the global spin can't be proved. I don't know if I believe the Earth is spinning. I don't think I said that. But it's I believe it's round. Yeah. I don't know. See, it's a divisive issue, too. Like, people get divided over it. It's like, well, you don't know what you're talking about. It's like, I I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'll I admit I haven't I haven't seen the curb. How, how do you got to be uh, 80 miles up? I believe that the, the model... The model can be proven in two ways, right? That, and that's alluded to in 1984 when, when, I forget the character's name, but the bad guy basically says, you know, we created a cosmology that has two, two models fit it perfectly. You know, because oh, we yeah, can yeah. do that. And it's like, that's what they did. So it's obviously it's going to create arguments and, and it's going to cause, you know, divi- division. Because <laughs> it's, they created it for the purposes of the PSYOP. Yeah, the, I've heard, too, that if you run calculations on the movements of the stars and you take your uh, you take your calculations and then you run it on a different model with, a, you know, geo, on a geocentric model, it, it comes out the same. It's like, how could that be? It's like, well, yeah, it's, yeah like you were saying, it works on both. Both models. It's just like which one you accept. Yeah, I don't accept the spinning globe. I don't accept anything I'm told. The only reason why I believe it is a sphere is because um, the uh, y- you can go to Sydney to to Santiago in what twelve twelve hours. A guy just did it on uh, uh, the the what's the dude uh, Jaronism, the guy that's always doing the the flat Earth stuff. He, there was a dude... Yeah, with uh, Max Egan. What's that guy's name? Max Egan, yeah. Yeah, he went to Sydney to... Or vice versa. Sydney yeah, but there Santiago. was some weirdness that happened on that flight, apparently. His his um, his compass was acting all wacky, right? There's always some other <laughs> yeah. thing that could possibly... But he got the... He looked like he explained. got the compass out of a... Like a like a box of Captain Crunch or something. I don't know. It was like, it was just a, <laughs> like a shoddy-looking... Compass. I was like, where did the hell you get that? But I mean, I don't know. The, but the thing, I was watching that and I was like, you know, Jaronism is saying, oh yeah, the compass is pointing just where we said the, what it would be on the flat Earth model. And then he shows the flat Earth model and it's like, no, dude, you got the poles going in different directions. So yeah, it would have been, it would have been pointing in that direction on the latter half of the flight, but in a different direction at the, beginning of the flight did you document any of that it's like no no never mind they got what the informations they wanted see it's like this confirmation bias sounded to me but um i don't know yeah see it just opens up more questions right you know it's like oh does a compass is it affected by being inside sort of more or less like a faraday cage 
shielded? Does like the electronics mm-hmm. in the plane or something? Do, does it have any impact on the comp? Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it does. I don't know. It's, it's just more questions than answers. And uh, but but the fact remains: did did he get there in the approximate time that he said or not? Because if he did, that does that completely shatters the whole flat Earth idea. Because that that's impossible on the on a flat Earth, unless of course he's going over twice the speed of sound. But then you you'd have to like you would have some indicators on that because you're passing New Zealand, so you have a landmass. So you could you could you could take footage of crossing New Zealand and say, well, how long did it take us to? from the time that we could see New Zealand to the time we were well past it and just do some kind of simple calculations based on your your proposed altitude and all that. And then you could probably get a rough idea with the rate you're traveling. You see what I'm saying? But that's kind of like if you were going to yeah. approach it from like a methodological standpoint where you're trying to like nail something down. But these guys aren't really seem like they're making much of an attempt to do it. Well, so, but I, I don't want to... I don't want to diminish the Mac Max Egan's, you know, getting a plane ticket and actually taking it and filming it. And I thought that was that was cool, but um, but what what I'm saying is like, uh, yeah, the, the the trying to like really establish it or pin something down. Yeah, just it just, um, but definitely, I mean, by appearances, like that flight is real and it took 11 hours. So what are you going to say? How do you how do you explain that if you're flat Earth? If you're a flat Earther. That doesn't. That uh, does yeah, not work. a good question, and I have never really wrapped my head around it completely. Um, and my geography is pretty poor. But w- would there be any way to, you know, maybe the maps, maybe the model and the maps a little bit off or something, or would, is it completely impossible? <laughs> you know, what I'm trying to say, like, in terms of like, maybe the continents are configured slightly different than what. Or would no, they would have to be configured like on so the many order. Other I think they would have to be. They would be on the order of like two and a half times off. Okay. Yeah, like it would. It'd be a pretty big difference, man. I mean, from what I, yeah, what I, what I, what I've seen out there, it's like a, 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 a drastic difference in the maps. Like uh, something that wouldn't be very easily concealed, and. I think that if definitely if it was something that was, you know, the, the Earth was indeed flat. So you so you have a you have a circumstance where the southern hemisphere is completely, totally out of whack by order of two and a half times what it says on the expected map. That you would, I'm not saying that people would you know go make appearances on the view and talk about it. I'm not saying that. I'm not. I'm not saying that it would be. But you know, publicly announced that hey, everybody's talking about the Earth. The maps are wrong, or anything like that. But there would, I think, there would definitely be um, references to it somewhere. You see what I mean? Right. Some, yeah. some reference, like no, you got, definitely. You got cruise ships. You got private ships. You got uh, uh, shipping vessels. You got like, uh, of course, like we just got talking about air travel, all operating down in the southern hemisphere, and it's like. Uh, you know, FedEx, UPS, Air, uh, all these different commercial ventures that are down there, and the military, and it's like, wh- wh- where can you find like references to the, to the? Hey, we set it. We set out from, uh, 
you know, Johannesburg, South Africa, and we headed out to, you know, Australia. And it and it took us, you know, we we were trying to get there as fast as we could, and we estimated that it was going to take us, you know, uh, four days, and it ended up taking us two weeks. What the hell's going on? What gives? You know, stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 that one has to be looked at very closely. Definitely. The reason why I brought up uh, Elon Musk actually, because I wanted to, I wanted to ask your opinion on on some of these types of stories. So, for example, I think the one of the private equity companies that funds a lot of these bogus companies like SpaceX and Tesla, and there's another one. Have you heard of the D Wave? That quantum computer. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently, it's all funded through like a similar organization uh from what i understand um even though musk owns tesla and spacex and there's some other guy that is the front man for for d-wave but but i but i was able to see that they all tie back to similar funding so to me they're all in the same umbrella of highly questionable organizations so my question is are they revealing to us advanced technology through this mouthpiece or are they just uh, hoaxing us all together because to me the, the D-Wave technology seems pretty fake this idea that you're pulling in information from another dimension you know it's not just yeah. zeros and ones there's a qubit which is which is um, like a possibility of a, of a digit or something and that somehow they're able to pull this information in and, and create predictive models based upon you know information from another world or whatever um, that, that seems highly improbable to me. And then now they're talking about interfacing brains with computers and stuff. And, you know, that does sound like we've been prepared for it for such a long time. But but I have to also ask, you know, is this just part of a psyop? And are we just kind of being led down this path for some reason? Oh, I think the uh, artificial intelligence, uh, like they talk about a lot, I think that that's uh, really over-exaggerated to an extreme. Uh, I think that mimicry is something that is achievable, at, where you can get you can get a system that's to the point where it's you know fairly indistinguishable from uh, dialoguing with a human being. Uh, I posted recently uh, about. Somebody came up with a way to uh, thwart telemarketers. It's like a guy. It's just it's it's fairly basic though. It's really it's not a, it's not an example of AI by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. But it's and it's, it's an example of a it's a pretty straightforward example of how to spoof uh, another person at the other you know at, at the other end of a phone call. Uh, I think it's really, I think it's brilliant, brilliantly executed. I mean, if you go listen to it, uh, Lenny, the guy that, so what happens is like you get a call from the telemarketer and then you conference in Lenny and you put yourself on mute. And then it's just a, it's just a pre-recorded set of, uh, this, this, it sounds like an elderly gentleman with an Australian accent and he's just, um, talking about his, uh, uh yeah he's he's 
sounds absent-minded and like he forgets what he said earlier and it, it's it's designed to get it's designed to keep the telemarketer on the phone as long as possible to to chew up their time <laughs> and uh That's brilliant yeah it is really really smart the way they did that the way they did that recording but it's it, it what i think basically how it works is that it's 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 programmed so that it's listening for um, silence on the other end before it initiates the next sound file. So it it mm-hmm. is really it's it's really clever. But it it you know if you have something more sophisticated and you're thinking in those terms, like uh, yeah, you can get something that could fool somebody into thinking they're having a conversation with a real person. Uh, but is that artificial intelligence? No, it's just a machine. And uh, it, the uh, the advancements in that sort of thing are are f- pretty far along. But did the idea that it's a self aware machine that has uh, self awareness like a human being that that can never well for one thing it can never be proven. If it did exist, it couldn't. You couldn't prove it. How would you prove it? But then, you know, it, it uh, like well, the stuff they show you in movies. That. What's that again? There's there's some tests named after that, 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 that concept of, right, if you can trick a human being into thinking it's talking to a human being, then it passes yeah. the test, and that's artificial intelligence. Yeah, the Turing test is what they call it. It's that's that, what uh, it is. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I, I think that's achievable. But that's not artificial intelligence. That's just clever, uh, you know, programming. Right. And, and they have Siri on your uh, and uh, the Google Voice thing. Where it, I mean, that's to the point now where that's pr- that works pretty good, and it, it almost kind of responds sometimes like you like a, like a person would. And uh, it's just a, it's just a set of pre-scripted responses. That uh, works off a algorithm that context- somewhat contextual, but it's not. I think the the problem with some of that stuff is that it's it's really difficult to achieve that real effectively. But I mean that that doesn't mean it can't be. But that's not our that's not intelligence. That's just a a, a very sophisticated machine that's gonna. That's also. You know, only what's available like in the consumer market, right? So there's this idea that there's black budgets and there's advanced technology and so forth. But then you look at things like the Manhattan Project and, you know, what the hell were they doing in the Manhattan Project exactly, right? What was all this money going to? What is NASA doing with all this money? Is it going into black budgets? Is it being, you know, what, where is it, what, what is all this um, scientific talent that they insisted on nurturing through the whole space age uh, hoaxing? Right. What, what is all this talent being used for? So looking back to the Manhattan Project, I saw John Rappaport had an article talking about how there was some type of massive fluoride incidents that occurred uh, in some Manhattan Project-related installation in New Jersey or something. And somehow fluoride is critical in, like, the uranium processing or, you know, if, if the whole nuke thing is a hoax, like, it just it makes me wonder what that sort of, What's that? What is that alluding to? 
Oh well, I I mean, it, I think it could be different things. I don't know. I don't. I don't necessarily think that to accept nuclear power, so called, is you know that you have to uh, by association sure, no, accept the, accept the bomb is real. I don't. I think you you know you're talking about two different things. I think that people conflate sure, I'm the just two. Wondering but, what what it is that they're doing. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't even pretend to know. Uh, I, I have some limited experience with, uh, nuke reactors. I was in the Navy years ago that supposedly had four on the aircraft carrier I was stationed on. And, uh, I, I was friends with a couple of nuke techs and, uh, I, I didn't really go into it then with them. I, you know, I just assumed it was, you know. They go to school just like any other individual in the Navy or military, and they get taught certain things. And it's uh, you know, from what I understand, like the the nuclear techs, they deal with a lot of math and physics and theoretical, maybe some theoretical physics and stuff like that. Maybe, uh, but um, it. That's what I found so interesting about your call with with that uh, nuclear expert. I listened to that; that was great. Just the fact that you could actually have him describing something that appears to be physically impossible, but within his framework, it's completely possible. Yeah, I, just, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to, to. I was gonna. I, I meant to bring that up. Um, yeah, I. Uh, I thought that his explanation didn't make sense to me. I mean, it. You know, he was. He was. Say, he was suggesting that it was. Uh, so much mass that needed to be pushed out and that it wasn't it didn't have time to push it out in those in that set of frames but he did reveal that it's um what you're looking at is not a depiction of reality because it's it's high speed it shot at a high speed it had a high frame rate and then played back at uh 30 frames a second or what have you which would have to be if you're going to upload something to youtube it have to be you know within a, you know, a certain frame rate uh, but then you're not looking at something that's a depiction of reality. So if you're like seeing that explosion or whatever it is you're looking at, you're looking at something that's altered, something that's, uh, you know, manipulated because it's, it's, uh, maybe not so coincidentally the same technique that they use to, uh, film miniatures for Hollywood special effects. I had, uh, a listener, um, it goes by the name not not so Freemason sent me some uh, links talking about that, and I'd meant to go look some of that stuff up, and he he was kind enough to send me uh, <laughs> some really good links about uh, yeah we we uh, shoot this at cause I think it's typical to do one six scale, and uh, you do one six scale, and there's some kind of calculation that you do with the frame rate so that you film it at a high frame rate. And then when you play it back at 30 frames a second, it gives the appearance that it's a uh, 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 full size. And there was some footage from an old movie, Earthquake, that was in the 70s. And it was and it was mostly done with miniatures. And uh, some of that scenery looks really convincing. I mean, they had, like, some trucks going off a bridge and all this other stuff. And I was like, wow, that looks that looks pretty damn real. And it was just miniatures shot at a high frame rate and played back at a regular frame rate. And it's uh, based on a calculation so that they can 
make the physics look convincing and it's like it's some of it's like pretty indistinguishable from like if they had actually shot a full-size tanker truck going off a overpass or something it was all scale models and it, you know it's of course it's contingent on how detailed the scale models are how convincing it will be but yeah part of the trickery is to shoot at a high frame rate and play it back at a normal frame rate which is what they admittedly do with the nuke footage yeah. according to the expert so i thought that was That's very suspect <laughs> yeah i thought i thought that was a, a pretty pretty good call based on that i you know because you can just go back and forth all day about physics and theoretical physics and what that can do and what it can't do and of course i'm not going to be able to uh have any kind of standing going up against a nuclear physicist right if anybody's you know looking for any you know confirmation that what i'm saying is true that it's not a depiction of reality. Well, you gonna, nobody's going to take my word over a, or, or a physicist, even though it, it you know, I, I, from my perspective, it doesn't make sense at all that you can have part of an explosion stay static. I don't, you know, he's trying to invoke some kind of a gas bubble or something. Well, it's not, I, it, it would make sense if it was actually a bubble so that it's like coming out and it's like meeting the, you know, it's having to, push itself out against the atmospheric pressure and then you know it's compressing the surrounding air and it maybe has some kind of uh uh part you know part of the way in the process of it exploding it has some kind of resistance you're seeing the resistance from the but that would be a it would be even pressure from all sides and that would result in a a severe a, a spherical uh configuration right you know so it's not but the blast that i was talking about the part of the blast was asymmetrical it wasn't spherical but he was describing something that would have been made sense if it was spherical but it wasn't you see what i'm saying Hmm. and i i thought that was yeah uh, i mean it's easy to create a a plausible theory around something that that can't actually be reproduced right oh we have to create a thermonuclear explosion to create a weird plasma ball in these right atmospheric conditions to replicate this. Like, no one can do that. <laughs> right, yeah, I don't... Uh, I mean, my opinion, I don't, I don't I don't. think what he... His explanation made any sense, but uh, yeah, it, it was clearly in motion over multiple frames and then suddenly stops and it's asymmetrical. It's not a spherical it's not it's a it's a blast it's a asymmetrical blast and it it just stops so it's like that doesn't that that's not a that's not that doesn't happen in reality even if you're looking at something that's shot at a high frame rate you're not going to see that kind of stuff i've looked at a lot of the high frame rate film and it's like stuff that's all there on youtube and it's like People just posting it up, you know, with high-speed cameras and stuff, and it's like, you don't see anything like that. That's why I asked them, I was like, there any analog out there? You know, you're talking about ballistics footage or anything like that? And uh, he didn't he didn't say anything about that. So, right. I was like, oh, yeah. Do you find it strange, the uh, the timing of, of this release of footage at all? It seems random to me. I think it's interesting, yeah. I think it's interesting how... 
you know, it's like uh, it's sort of an argument from verbosity where it's like, oh, we have all this footage. Could it can't possibly all be fake, could it? And, uh, right, and we have this perfect expert ready to, like, field, you know, public relations calls on questioning it or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's interesting how I was able to, I, I found his number on the, uh, the uh, that institution that he works for, was it Lawrence Livermore Labs or whatever, and he picked up the phone, which is pretty rare. I make a lot of calls that I don't ever record and post up because typically what happens is you don't get through to a live person you get to a voicemail and if you leave your number and your name they never it's like nine times out of ten they don't they don't ever get back to you so that was our that was one of the rare instances where i got through to somebody and uh and he and it sounded to me like he had a ready answer like he already had anticipated the question it kind of sounded like that way to me yeah, he didn't seem to be struggling with with his words or anything. I guess an expert wouldn't, but yeah, he did seem to be well prepared. Yeah, so either you can you can uh, come away with like, uh, okay, well, the guy really knows what he's talking about, or he sort of had a preset answer to different questions that might potentially arise. Now, there was a piece of footage that I linked to on the call when I posted it on the blog that uh, is from the footage that just recently got posted, the so-called lost footage that was decaying in these uh, bins, you know, that they're, that they're restoring and recovering and digitizing. And, and a large bulk of it is just these so-called aerial shots where it's kind of like this spherical where they allegedly shot it up in the atmosphere and detonated it and it's sort of this like spherical explosion that appears and uh i i haven't combed through all of it i was just kind of like sampling it and looking at some of it and uh the one i got linked to it's like and i think it's typical of some of the other ones a lot of the other ones that are up there it's like it's it's got this like really hard edge around the sphere like it's a like it 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 has appearance of it was like uh some kind of masking where they put their like overlay like a a mask and it's just a perfect circle that's like cut out where they're like overlaying a mask over it and you can see it's just a hard edge perfect sphere it's like that doesn't that's not you can't tell me that's real that's that's just obviously uh oh yeah it's 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 very fishy i'll just put it that way no i agree i noticed uh on the calls a lot of times we you won't discuss current events right and i I think that's done purposely because it's all just a bunch of bs and how many times can you really talk about the same thing just being nonsense but it, it sometimes leads me to like what what should we be focusing on right like what, what, where do you find you know I guess what areas do, do you think should be looked into further or I guess I don't know <laughs> if everything we're presented with is 
is fake, you know, what, what, where should we, where should we be looking? <laughs> what do you think, Chris? Well, I, I don't know. I think, uh, my position is, uh, it, it's how to process this stuff that we're presented with. Like how, how is it there? We can, uh, have a way to, um, you know, take, take it into our consciousness in a way that, it helps us to analyze it critically you know how, how, how do you pick it apart how do you how do you deal with the stuff that we're confronted with and and put it in a put it in a way or have some have some uh have some descriptors of ways to you know an, analyze it and look at it because yeah a lot of it's the same stuff like you know like with these events so-called events that come out and they all follow this these same patterns and then uh you know well what i think a more interesting question for me is like well what you know what is the purpose of it and what is what is the true nature of it you know what is it what is it designed to do what what is the effects and what how how is it going to affect me how is it going to affect other people that are viewing it and how is it going to shape their worldview and, and then subsequently their behavior? And I think that's uh, I think that's an important aspect of it. A lot of times it gets overlooked because we can we have a tendency to get kind of bogged down in the details. And I try to I try to kind of keep yeah, it that's at a, a good point. Yeah, I, I try to keep it I, I, I try to keep it at a big big picture level, so that um, you have some kind of context to, to examine stuff instead of getting, getting into the, to the, the detail and getting into the particulars and then trying to go maybe and like pull pictures down off the internet and see if you can find any, any, uh, incongruities and, uh, evidences of fakery and stuff like that. Cause I, I think that, you know, has some, some value, uh, to a limited extent, but I think that once it's established that, is something that's being done, which I think there's there's plenty of confirmation that that is something that's being done. Where you know there's, of course, there's going to be different techniques employed because there's all kinds of techniques to to put something down, in a and 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 to co- to communicate it through, you know, imagery, footage, and stuff like that to paint a picture. And. Uh, you know, you know, this is more a sophisticated form of lying or storytelling, and we already know that that's going on, and has been going on for, you know, many many years. Not not just in recent history, but going back. Because I talk about that uh, great moon hoax of 1835 a lot, and uh, the bat on the moon. <laughs> yeah, the Batman on the moon and all that, and. Uh, as preposterous as that story was, that was believed by uh, substantial. I, I I believe that a lot of people believed in it because it was printed. It was the first mass media news story out of the Sun newspaper in New York uh, in 1835 when they invented the steam powered printing press. And I think that's a very important story in history. And and I think the reason why it's so important is because it it's, uh, has a lot of elements like uh, science, 
like who believed it and who didn't. They said the educated classes, the so-called educated classes, were, were, more, were more susceptible into buying into this preposterous story. And, uh, you know, mass media and what it, what, it, what it is in reality instead of what we're, you know, we take for granted that it's like, you know, that it's some kind of service that's being provided, you know, so that everybody can be, you know, quote-unquote informed. And then we can be aware and we can be good citizens. And uh, that that's always kind of the premise that it's based on. But what it is, it, what is it in reality? It, it's a it's a it's a way it's a it's a tool of manipulation. The way I look at it, it's a, it's a manipulative tool. And it's to keep people. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I've, I've found um, just learning about different indigenous cultures, it's like they have a defense mechanism in place because their whole method of thinking and using logic has been untainted by just the years and years of programming. So their whole way of processing information is if, if it doesn't come from something that I've seen empirically or from a person that I know and trust from like my tribe, then it doesn't exist. It's not real. And that pretty much rules out almost everything that we've learned. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think we've had that systematically driven out of our, 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 our modern, what it means to be a modern, what it means to be a, 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 a citizen or what have you, that, that is not definitely not part of it. We're, we've been conditioned and programmed to accept unquestionably what's on TV from people that we've never met before in our lives and we really don't have any understanding of what their true motives are or what they're really doing as far as like why why are they giving this presentation and what does it really mean there's always sort of this presupposition that always comes along with it like you know it's it's to inform it's to educate but it's like well no it's is that really what the goal of it is like what is the true goal of it and like what is its real effects and uh that's, that's not something that comes up, you know. It's always this. Uh, again, it's another unexamined premise. It's like you know, you, you you go off into discussing current events with the presupposition that what you're being presented is um, being presented to you in order to uh, edu- educate you or, or to inform you about some kind of uh, world event or some kind of development in the culture that's uh, reflective of of reality. And there's so many ways to manipulate information that you end up with, uh, you know, a, a situation where the average person, just about everything they know is just completely, totally wrong. Yep. <laughs> even though it exactly. may, uh, even though like a lot of what you're presented with may have some loose bearing on reality. I mean, there may be, uh, but it, it, but the way that the information can be handled in such a way so that it gives you a completely false impression. Yeah, and, and you know, it's always interesting to think about, you know, for example, getting back to the flat earth thing real briefly because it illustrates another point, and certain elements of the media are coming out promoting it, right? You have people in the NBA, you have Shaquille O'Neal, and this is a guy who goes on TV flashing his Freemason ring on national TV. Um, it, I mean, just clearly these people, it seems to be that it seems that they have an agenda. And it's just very strange to me how 
information is leaked at the top like this uh, for for some reason, you know? <laughs> I think that, yeah, it's that when you're seeing that, because these are culture creators, like, why should anybody really care about what somebody that uh, their main skill in life is to throw a, you know, a ball through a metal hoop? It's kind of, that's kind of absurd on its face, but then... But they're they're important in so far as that they're they're cultural influencers, and uh, yeah, for them to come out and say something that's oh that's a big deal, you know, um, and it's like well okay, what is Shaquille O'Neal? Is he a scientist now? I thought we we're I thought we we're only supposed to be paying attention to somebody who's got you know credentials like what so he believes flat Earth. Who cares, you know? But. Yeah, but they, they inject it into the mainstream. You know, they trot him out onto Jimmy Kimmel, and he has to recant, you know, his belief in front of the world. It's just like... Yeah, and I think that the goal, the way the way I see this coming, where they're coming out with these basketball stars and these people coming out on Flat Earth, is that what is going to be the over... What is going to be the outcome? I think it's going to... Uh, it's going to... Uh, inject new uh, new life into the whole flat Earth so-called movement. It might have been kind of like losing its uh, luster because it's you know been around and there's and the reason being because there's nothing really there out there that strongly supports it. Other than you got these guys out there just jibber jabbering about shit they really don't have any clear understanding of. And then you know you know people that are kind of got maybe have some interest in it are kind of kind of picking apart their claims and then finding out that that's like oh, okay that that they were totally wrong on that but okay what else do they got to say and it's kind of losing it, it can kind of lose its uh, appeal you know because it's I, I think it's got a it it, ha, it would in reality have a pretty short shelf life it was kind of left to to these people that are out there supporting it to, to prop it up. But see, you can have somebody like Shaquille O'Neal or somebody come out, and then it re-energizes the whole so-called debate, right? I, I think that's part of the... Yeah. Yeah, and it, and, and so that means the mainstream media is in on the thing. And, then, and I remember, like, uh, when this stuff started first being talked about, like, it hasn't been that long ago when this, when this really started getting talked about a lot on uh, YouTube and stuff and then the so-called alternative whatever... Uh, they had Obama coming out and saying, oh, we don't have a time meeting the Flat Earth Society and stuff like that. So I, I think that all that was coordinated, yeah, with the PSYOP, no doubt. Yeah, and they released a new picture of, of the planet Earth from space, the first one since the Apollo missions, like, conveniently at the same time, which is very contrived. Yeah, it's all um, contrived. Thing, I mean, yeah. I was listening to... Um, so. A couple of the Cleveland Cavaliers players actually have their own podcast. I think it's Richard Jefferson and Channing Fry, and they do it on the ro- on the road. And that's where Kyrie Irving originally came out and, and gave his made his statements. But it's interesting just because that conspiracy culture is is um, you know finding its way into the mainstream through these weird avenues because these people are having this platform that they never really had before, right? which is the ability to reach the masses so easily. So, I mean, part of it could be organic and, and sort of damage control, but then when you look at Kyrie Irving, and he's covered in, you know, Illuminati tattoos, and you, you, you kind of have to think twice about it, too. 
Oh, yeah. There's like free. I think uh, Shaquille O'Neal has had uh, appearances where he's wearing like a mason ring and he's probably Prince Albert Hall or whatever. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, you're dealing with Freemasons and they had an interesting video with uh, this guy Kobe Bryant and uh, there's this guy he's got a YouTube channel I like looking at his videos uh, it's Pockets of the Future on the YouTube I don't know if you heard of him but uh, yeah I like him too yep, yeah. I follow him. you see the one where he's talking about the Kobe Bryant talking where he's Kobe Bryant's like promoting uh, demons a de- demon uh, oh that's a recent one I haven't seen that one yet yeah, that's pretty disturbing. It's interesting. Uh, it's uh, gosh, what is it called? The something muse, uh, dark musings or something like that. Dark musings or with uh, Co- Kobe Bryan. But um, yeah, those people that are these uh, athletes and these celebrities and all these people are, yeah, I, not to for me, not from me, not to be trusted at all in no way shape or form i don't trust any of them i agree and whatever they say is suspect for the fact that they're actors you know even people that are even like these comedians and people that are out there they're they go on a public appearances and they and there's uh to what degree maybe there's varying degrees with who you're talking about but they they'll maintain this character role in, in, when they're when they're doing an interview when they're supposedly being themselves they're actually in character and that's another thing too i think people need to understand that it's like they could present themselves as something like uh like we were just talking about uh what's the guy Alec Baldwin saying that he's a vegan and then John was saying well he looks pretty stocky and like a big dude for being a vegan it's not the typical vegan. But it's like, yeah, see, but you can't believe what the dude says. He's an actor. Maybe he's maybe that's part of his persona that he plays out for the public and he can just say, "Yeah, Alec Baldwin is a vegan." Not the real Alec Baldwin that exists in reality, but the one I'm the one uh, the Alec Baldwin that I'm putting out here in front of you is a vegan. You see what I mean? Yeah, definitely. They're actors. They're playing roles. Yeah, and when are they playing a role and when are they not? Is there any kind of, like a, like they had at Kmart, like a blue light special? They could have a, a like a blight dangling above their heads. Like, oh, I'm acting now, and then when it's green, I'm not acting. I don't, you know, they don't. There's nothing to indicate that. So I just assume they're always yeah, I mean, they're always on. I mean, some of them it seems like they've been kind of bred into this role, right? It's quite possible. Oh, could be, yeah. Or they found out that they're good at it, and then they get kind of picked. But they're typically from connected families, like most of these people. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah. And then there's the whole... There's there's some really weird angles to this too which i'm not uh, anywhere near accepting yet but the whole transvestigation idea i mean some of that stuff's really bizarre yeah i'm not too much into it because uh 
it's kind of one of those things where it, it just lends itself to a lot of speculation. And then uh, yeah. some 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 people out there are making videos and they're making presentations and they, and I and I think that they're what they're using to establish it is pretty flimsy. I mean, yeah, I agree. So it's, it's a lot of speculation yeah. and a lot of clickbait. Are there any females that have kind of square jaw lines? Is that possible within the female <laughs> configuration? Because that, right, because yeah, they seem to make a, a lot of hay over that. And it's like slopes slightly. But then on the other hand, they'll show you some woman. They'll say, "Oh, this is obviously a man," and I'm like, "Dang, she, that individual sure does have some broad shoulders to be a woman." So I'm not saying I don't dismiss it, and it's like it could well be, but it's like you know. I think the the criteria you used to establish it is not that uh, solid, as far as I'm concerned. You know, right? Because then guess, again, you know, there yeah. might be something worth looking into, but but it's like it does kind of fit into the overall psyop, I guess, of just mind effing the population into gender confusion. <laughs> Could be too. Yeah, yeah. It's like. Uh, yeah, where it's uh, yeah, and like I was trying to make the point too when I was talking to Tim on on that on that show I did with him is that uh, it's not it's not about this you know this small subset of the population. It's about it's it's targeted at everybody, everybody that's being exposed to it. It's, so it's not it's not about bathrooms for trannies. Who cares? You know, it's like it. You think the government all of a sudden cares so deeply, or the establishment, or whatever you want to call it, or Hollywood? Like all of a sudden now they've they they've got a soft spot in their heart for trannies. So like, give me a break. It's like where did this come from? Well, it's it's obviously agenda driven, and it's not and it's and it's not to placate some point zero 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 two percent of the population. Certainly. Yeah. I enjoyed John's breakdown of uh, you, you and John's breakdown of, of Mr. Robot. I haven't seen that yet, but it, I found it interesting his perspective because I probably haven't watched TV similar to as long as he has. Um, but I do watch a few shows. But but it, what he says is right in how you know the the programming has become so sophisticated now that it's it's embedded into almost everything that's said. You know, it's like little micro <laughs> programs. Oh yeah, yeah. It uh, I think typical of any any shows that are coming out is going to be um, a lot of references to what's currently being pushed. I mean, it's like every show, every every popular show. I mean, every movie and everything is going to incorporate those elements into it now. It's like somebody flipped a switch, and then all of a sudden everybody's on the same page, everybody's on the same program, on the same talking points, just it's all simultaneously. And that should give anybody thought for, I mean, a cause for, or, or uh, reason to pause, like, what the hell is going on? Like, what, like what, what is going on? You know, it's a, does that make sense? I don't, I don't think that that's natural or normal just to have everybody on the same page all of a sudden at the same time. That doesn't make sense. But uh, apparently that's what sure. has happened. I got a... 
South Texas on the line. South Texas there. Just waiting for waiting for me to chime in. I'm here. What's going on, dude? Oh, not much. Standing back and watching shit. Crazy out there. Mm, it is crazy, man. It's getting crazier all the time. Hey, can I actually connect with you, Doc? I'm kind of high, but I don't have internet access right now. But there's a, you know, the Big Bang is complete and utter bullshit, right? The Matra, right? You know, Big Bang. The Big Bang or Gematria? What? What are you? You know, the mantra, the, you know, the priest that came up with that bullshit? Oh. There it is. What was his name? The mantra. The mantra. The Big uh, Bang Theory. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. nonsense. Yeah. You know, the, theor- the theoretician that made sense of all that bullshit, his name was George Gamow. He was a Russian. Okay. Well, uh, he also, uh, he and Ed Teller... Gave us the uh, alpha decay. The alpha decay. Some of that bullshit. That's all nonsense too. And he uh, he also gave he also came up with the whole concept of having like you know a genetic code. Oh really? Yeah. Same question. Yeah. Gregory Bateson's dad set himself up in the fucking dialectic. With Charles Darwin's fucking cousin, Rasmus Darwin's grandson, the biometrics school, where we get the IQ test, where we get all bunch of shit, biometrics. Like the a professor of biometrics at the you know the last Francis Galton professor of eugenics at UCL was Lionel fucking Penrose. Roger Penrose is. Dad. Lionel F. Boy, uh, yeah, your fucking boy, uh, what's his name? Uh, the author, the famous author. Trump guy. Jay Dyer. His fucking hero. His other hero is fucking Kurt Goldel. He was a Rockefeller fucking... He was sponsored by the Rockefellers to be sent over to America. They set him up in Princeton. He used to take romantic walks with fucking Einstein. <laughs> Einstein. Einstein, Einstein is, the uh, There's pictures of him in, like, women's clothes. Einstein. Yeah. Well, Goebbels died at 99 pounds. They used to take walks together. They're, they're, yeah, they're both TV shows. Well, well, the Rockefellers brought him over here, and the dude who signed his fucking checks was fucking Robert Oppenheimer. That's, oh, that really? school, the, the school, the uh, whatever it's called, the Institute of Advanced Studies. It was put together by these fucking Flexner, uh, Simon, no, one of the Flexner brothers. He took time off from working at the Rockefeller Institute to set up the fucking Institute of Advanced Study at Princeton. When Jake Dyer's here, would go take it. Jake, <laughs> you know, go to... Golo did some fucking fancy math that said time travel is possible. Golo did some fucking fancy math that said time travel is possible. 
I just I'm unmuted. I just unmuted uh, Southeast call. Hello. You know, echo back now. Yeah. I wonder where that's coming from. Let me uh, try muting. Is that on Central Massachusetts? Is that, you have speakers on? Uh, no, I'm wearing a headset. I don't think that's coming from me. I don't know where that's coming from. Yeah, just Google it. Anyone believes in DNA? Well, the guy who's fucking the theoretical dude that gave you the Big Bang, he also gave you genetic code and all that shit. If you believe in the genome, you believe in fucking Joe fucking uh, Gamow. I did a post on Joe Gamow back in the day on Cruise Forum. Just Google SMJ and Joe Gamow. Joe is G-E-O. His wife's what are name you, is Rome. What were you saying that has to do with Jay? <laughs> What are you saying that has he references to do all the time? No, I'm saying that's his voice. That's his, I was talking about the Penrose dude. He's always bringing up Penrose and Penrose Tiling and shit. Oh. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. And then he's always bringing up fucking Kurt Girdle. Oh. I don't know if that necessarily means that he's on board with everything he says. Where's that echo coming from yeah. all of a sudden? I don't know, dude. Kurt Godel, is it Godel or Godel? Godel. It's a girdle. There's a little thing on top of it already. I don't know. I ain't into that shit. It's it's story time. It's story time. It's ridiculous. No, it's not. So we were just talking about Alan Turing earlier. You yeah. got anything on Alan Turing? He's an area device, like they all are. We're bit, we're getting dragged by our ears to where we get to you know where we're supposed to be going. It's military. I mean, eugenics started like just Terman. Dude, look at the Termans. The, you know, the father of Silicon Valley and his. And then they bring us the IQ test and shit. That's straight from Francis Galton and the Cavendish. The Cavendish gave us a G factor, actually. Actually, Gamov gave us another G factor. <laughs> G factor. It's uh, for quantum tun- tunneling. Quantum tunneling. Yeah, George Gamow gave. Joe Gamow gave us that bullshit too. He's one of them absurd narrative devices, like Leo fucking Gillard or Louis fucking Alvarez. One of the, he's ridiculous like that. Yeah. Look at that fucker, people. Tell me you believe in DNA. Wookiee's son, Igor. He wrote the little stories that made all the people want to be physicists back in the day. Mr. Tompkins. Those little cartoon books. Oh. Then his ballet dancing son, Igor, did it. Continued him. Yeah. Colorado Boulder. I did a post on them years ago. It's, it's fucking absurdity, people. Fucking absurd. I'm just some guy. So you heard of uh, like some of uh, like Nikola Tesla's uh, contemporaries, like mathematicians, like uh, God damn it! Like, uh, hey, can I uh, try to let me, let me try to? 
let me let me try to mute uh, you a second, Sean. Wait, one, two, check. Yeah, I think that's coming on Sean's end. Yeah, I think I'm getting that echo from you, Sean. I don't know what the hell's going on. All right, I hang up. Can you? Yeah, try calling back and see if it clears it up. Yeah, it was really getting bad there. It was like it, it was uh, coming back all distorted and squawky. Couldn't even hardly hear, yeah. hear myself. Um, I do like it when Sean drops some knowledge, though. I, I wish I had a pen and paper and I'd be taking notes so I could research all these people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is some uh, scientists that are kind of low as far as recognition that were pretty important as far as uh, developing the technology. Uh, you know, people are familiar with Tesla. I don't I don't know. I've heard stuff that Tesla was sort of a front man and he wasn't really what he was made out to be. I don't know that much about that. Of course, you know, you have to go into like what certain books or whatever i don't i don't know where you get accurate information he's kind of a legendary figure what what is your take yeah, on like more of a myth than anything what do you think about tesla sean nick nikola tesla i think he's a narrative vice you know the narrative also says uh it was donald trump's uncle john trump that went to go review his books when tesla died john trump worked in the fucking uh he went to London, he, well, he went to Europe during the uh, World War. He was part of Manhattan Project. I'm not actually more than Manhattan. He worked with Leo's, uh, not Leo's, Alfred Loomis. Well, Lee the Bridge. Uh, MIT, the lab he started. Yeah, Donald Trump's fucking uncle. Yeah, right. I heard about that. <laughs> yeah. Go fucking uh. figure. So you've heard of... Uh, if, you're, hey, if, you're, if, you're, if you're a smart guy and you're into quantum quantum fucking mechanics the matrix fucking me- mechanics and all that shit max born well that's olivia newton john's granddad you're in oh, really? shit olivia newton yeah. john's granddad okay yeah go fucking figure yeah there's uh stuff out there i was looking at this one guy's uh sets of videos he goes into people like uh uh, J.C. Maxwell, Steinmetz, Heaviside. Uh, Maxwell gave us this. Yeah, Maxwell, that, that, it, Clark Maxwell, he leads. Uh, it comes, he kind of gets you to the speed of light. There's other guys that get the real speed of light, supposedly get the touch for like, I think it's Orsted or whatever. But the speed limit and the speed of light gives you the fourth fucking dimension. It gives you, it leaves you the fucking Einstein, where you fucking contract, gives you transforms, you squeeze shit, time dilation, shit like that. I mean, they're just explaining a phenomenon. We don't know what the fuck light is, <laughs> why it makes heat. It's we don't know. It's hey, Sean, have you heard of? Yeah, have you heard of Walter Russell? Yeah. Is he legit? Does he have any good information? Take what you can get with it. I can't tell you. I don't have, you know, if I had unlimited resources, I would just play with electricity. Because the hustle's somewhere in there. There's no nukes and shit like that. That's, I, I personally, I think it's bubble cavitation. 
Alfred Loomis. And he, he's the guy that put together him and his brother-in-law. He's the guy, they're the guys. That so you're, together, you're like, saying uh, they're drawing energy degree. off of uh, cavitation, is what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, so, sono, no, where you get so, so what is it? So, sono luminescence, where you could take it's, son, a, it's sono chemistry and it's sono luminescence. Yeah, you get that pretty blue light that they call yeah, off radiation. It's the blue light that that's a byproduct of the the cavitation process. Where he, now, how does that work? How do they say that work? I, I kind of have an understanding of cavitation where, he, where um, God, who's that guy that was doing that? I've, I've seen those videos where he's, they he's go, talking about Yeah, they about go it. with sound. Yeah, and it's sound. That's, it's, it's a certain and, frequency of sound, though. It's like, it, mm-hmm. and, and you can take, you could take a volume of water and you can run the sound. Uh, uh, you can port sound into it somehow and it creates a, it creates a, it creates a bubble. And they're saying that it's yeah, the um, pressure. Every time the bubble, the bubble makes more. It's a chain reaction, but just with bubbles. Yeah, it's an ongoing chain reaction to where it's creating is is creating this um, inner. Uh, it's releasing energy, but it the it, it's it's this expanding and collapsing bubble that will expand and collapse like what thousands of times a second or something like that. The way they're describing it, and it, and it gives off this blue glow. They uh, and it blue, produces heat. Sonal it produces heat. First. It produces heat. So it's and like this. It, yeah, it's like this chain reaction. It's kind of like it's it's not it's not fusion. It's something akin to that, right? And it's uh, some people theorize that what the stars are actually up there. Something to do with some type of somnoluminescence. I see Gamoff too. Gamoff Gamoff is in that. He's on that. That's the alpha decay bullshit. But you're saying Gamoff you think is, that's what like nuclear energy is? Is somnol no, is, no, yeah. is uh, that's what they call cavitation? Yeah. I'm, I'm just. I'm just saying they can. I'm just saying, supposedly they have. There's people out there. The same dude that gave us Loran, for instance, the same dude who started the Rad Lab at MIT, the same dude that fucking ran the lab at Tuxedo Park where Einstein and Niels Bohr, everyone come hang out at his fucking house. The same dude who's great fucking grand nephew or something is the dude who started fucking Netflix. His son was Radio <laughs> Fuck America guy. That same fucking dude. The same dude that fucking owned Hilton Head with his fucking brother-in-law, Landon K. Thorne, who he put together the fucking U.S. electricity fucking grid. That same fucking dude. And when I say Thorne, I'm talking about the Thorne that uh, John Kennedy, John Kerry married. He married uh, Julia Stimson Thorne. The Stimson's for fucking Henry fucking Stimson, the Secretary of War during fucking World War II. He was a real dude in charge of the fucking Manhattan Project. And he was Alfred Lumens' fucking first cousin and mentor. Okay. <laughs> no, it's uh, a coincidence, though. That's coincidence, Sean. Co- coincidence. Coincidence, Sean. But I'm fucking here. Little old me, I couldn't figure that shit out. Hey, probably ain't. I'm just saying that's real, you know, coincidental. That's probably just as much bullshit as nukes are. I'm just saying they tell us stories. So you don't believe in uh, there's any such thing as a genome? No, not at fucking all. That's leading to fucking transhumanism, the code bullshit. Yamoff started the RNA tie club. It's about codes. Codes, yeah. That could be well be. Yeah, I was. Uh, exactly we were talking about this is. before, and that's I was what like, Mendel's for. "That's what Gregory Gregory Bateson's fucking dad. Gregory Bateson is named Gregory because of Gregor Mendel. His dad is William fucking Bateson." 
He was the guy that turned to math. He, Mendo was the guy that brought math to genetics. People have been breeding forever, but he brought the math to it, the probabilistic bullshit, the same probabilistic bullshit that Gamma brought to the fucking Big Bang. The same probabilistic bullshit that determines your G factor. The same probabilistic bullshit that determines the gamma factor for quantum tunneling. It's bullshit. Fucking bald faced bullshit. And they all fucking know it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there that uh, says that what we're told about, you know, it. it theoretical physics or the theory of relativity and all that is just total nonsense that uh, they can't define they can't define what a field is they can't give you an accurate description of what a what a field is they everything has to be explained Clark Maxwell the Clark Maxwell you're talking about we get the field from his set of equations and that leads directly to the speed of light and that leads directly to Einstein's hustle yeah, but there are no fields. Fields aren't fields aren't made up of particles. But it, but the naturalistic materialistic uh, view is that everything is particles. So they have so they have these. Um, I think uh, fields make equations work well. That's what fields do. Fields make equations work really good. You got your inverse square law, and you, and you got a nice test where you can see the polarity. If you you know you put like iron you know next to a magnet, you, you can kind of see. It. No, I think like those, those those people I brought up earlier, like uh, Steinmetz, heavy side. I was like, they were they were saying, uh, and like Te- Tesla's quoted as saying too that he said he said he said Einstein was an idiot. Maxwell's and heavy side worked on Maxwell's equations, some shit like that. Yeah, that's a. But they were actually. I don't know. They say like they were actually uh, inventors that were actually doing things and having and. Showing results, like but then, no, well, you know you Watt, got like what invented the steam engine before they fucking figured out thermodynamics, the thermodynamic narrative. Well, yeah, you don't have to have all the theoretical shit to actually do stuff. That's the thing too. It's like uh, Maxwell came up with equations. Faraday actually fucking figured out you know electromagnetism because he fucking played. With, he was a fucking tech technician. I mean, he's artist. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the theory is to drive the narrative bullshit, to drive cosmological fucking nonsense that we can't know. That's what fucking theoretical whatever are for. Yeah, that's why you're getting into like this. They say like a lot of the stuff that's coming out with quantum theory is just total bullshit. They'll they'll like uh, fucking all bullshit. Like they make up uh, virtual. They have this thing now called virtual particles. So you know, they ain't no damn yeah. thing. It's just, it's just it's, but they're trying they to accommodate fucking, all the gaps and the theories. They got DNA fucking. That's what they, they can't kind of say DNA. They manipulated with CRISPR. They just, oh man, it's it's so fucking stupid. It drives me crazy. Just Google CRISPR. They fucking. It's. Uh. But I was I was going to talk about something else. I just forgot. Damn it. Someone else had me pissed off. I forgot about it. I started thinking about CRISPR. <laughs> CRISPR? I don't... Yeah, yeah. I never heard of that. Is that a news... Yeah. Is that Don, a name? Do you think that the... 
It's the latest, greatest thing in fucking genetics. When I say genetics, I mean fucking uh, Rockefeller fucking molecular biology hustle. Nonsense. The dude who fucking found a gene worked at the fucking Rockefeller Institute. I think it's fucking Avery's his name. And if I had an internet right now, it'd be dangerous. How do you get on the internet? Do you have a laptop? Yeah, I got an iPad. I go to Boomer. I used to have it here, but I go to Boomer and I drink and fucking have a good laugh. Cause this shit's so ridiculous now, dude. I'm just doing it for fun. I can't believe it. I can't believe the human fucking species is so fucking gullible. Oh, we Can't believe anything believe. we're told. We believe in anything we're told. If it's on TV, it's real. Mm-hmm. That's a bad. That's a bad standard, I think. But I don't know. I don't know. What do I know? Do do do. So I put this uh, link to this dude. He's talking about yeah, electro- elect- electrons don't exist, man. That's a bunch of jive. Magic. Different stuff like that. Fucking There's magic. no such thing as electron. Which, uh, when I got into studying uh, electronics a little bit, because that's a hobby, I, I dick around with uh, electronics and stuff. And so I was going into some of the, the electronic theory and all that. And uh, it got into, like, uh, coulombs, which are like the the, the quanta of uh, electricity, where, where they're trying to break it down into, quant- uh, you know, quantities like uh like some there's some kind of definition of like how many they're trying to tell you that there's some estimated number of uh electrons in a in a uh you know a coulomb and i'm getting a lot of noise uh, i don't know what that's coming from uh, oh that's me pouring topo chico so i'm in texas thirsty oh yeah you have to yeah uh, take care of you, uh, I post on uh, the four, you know, the four horses asses of the apocalypse about uh, William Crooks. Crooks. The Crooks tube. That's what J.J. Thompson found uh, the electron with. He found that they're particles. He won the, yeah, he got a Nobel for that, the Huster's fucking Academy Award. Then his boy, his son, won one for proving the electron was a fucking uh, wave. Like 30 years later. G.A. <laughs> That's pretty good. So here's the Crooks uh, tube. And on the, on the Crooks tube, you know, it's the front of the Crooks tube. It's uh, the Maltese cross. Oh, really? That's what's on Crooks. The Crooks. You pronounce it. I guess how those Brits pronounce everything wrong. They, they call it his leg. It's not, it looks like Crooks to me, but it's Crooks. And his, uh, he's a sir, so he got, he got to make one of them shields, and his shield has a bunch of fucking Maltese crosses on it, too. Yeah, so, that's where they found an electron. They use this Crooks tube. And when Alfred Loomis, the Tuxedo Park Laboratory, it's the fucking tube museum. And when they say museum, they mean the uh, Institute of the Muses. That's what museum means. Oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I never heard, I don't recall hearing that. The inst- Museum, Muse, and Museum. Ah, oh, okay. The Institute of the Muses. That's what it fucking means. Institute of the Muses. So when you go into yeah. the Smithsonian, it's all this. Uh, it's all it's this. Uh, it's kind of like a. It, it's like going into like a 
any kind of Disneyland kind of display, sort of, except for it's more kind of uh, geared toward uh, so-called adults. But it's all about yeah, Darwin. Well, smart people. It's geared toward smart people. Smart folks, yeah. That's how they got it. Because it's smart people, university fuckers, people that talk about how they did this and did that in fucking school. No, that's how we got where we're at. University is what fucking did us in. Yeah. All everything we believe we are. Where we where do you fuck you think we get Darwinism? And that's leading us straight to fucking transhumanism like I just fucking explained earlier. It's all coming from universities and fucking smart people. Philosophers, fucking scientists. That's where it's fucking coming from. So you don't believe yeah, that? Yeah, if we want to fix the fucking world, we need to shut down every fucking university tomorrow. Let these fucking smart people go fucking plant some fucking trees or something. Fuck. <laughs> 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 well, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't disagree with that. I don't. I mean, what what are we going to learn at a university? You're going to learn a lot of... Uh, You're learning relativity and fucking some bullshit fucking philosophy. That's what you fucking learn. <laughs> you can learn math. Yeah, math. Yeah. Psy Girl disagrees. She says you're anti-intellectual, man. Yes, I am, Psy Girl. Call in, side girl. Hey, she, hey, side girl ever got around to Google and fucking, uh, what's his name? Daniel Coy Gilman? Uh, you Google I Daniel Coy Gilman yet, side girl? Yeah, I'm anti-intellectual. Fuck yeah, I am. Got West Oklahoma on the car, too. You want to say something, West Oklahoma? Is this uh, Brian by any chance? It might be Brian. Well, actually, my name is Dr. Fuster Cluck. Dr. Fuster Cluck, yes. Yeah, I met you at the uh, driving through, you drove through town, and we had a beer out at the Mears. That was cool. Yeah, we, we had a nice time. That was good. So I've met you, and I've met and then- Sean. So I got two people on that I've actually met. So I, I know that you're not AI bots. That's good. Yeah, we are actually I'm, real yeah, people. I'm for, I'm for real, man. <laughs> I almost got arrest. I almost got arrested down there in Lawton. Yeah, uh, in the alley Lawton. behind my house, right? Yeah, I had to. <laughs> I had to stand out there in my underwear for a while, but then I sweet talked them and. Everything was fine. They were very, they were very professional. I was impressed. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, I was. It's uh, true. I, I just, I shouldn't. Uh, sounds like a rough town. Should have. It, it is kind of a rough town. I used to live there. I used to teach school there. Damn. Well, I think the, the police they are were, kind of bored more than anything. So if you kind of just uh, chit chat with them and just like, oh yeah, just kind of set them at ease and it. Yeah, they they always come across to me like they're bored and looking for something to do. They're just kind of like don't have much going on. I don't think a lot, and there's much going on, really. Well, they told me there were dopers and there was meth, and they were worried. I was like, 
I had my camper van parked back there, and yeah, they were worried that if a fire truck had to come down the gravel alley that was actually 53rd Street or something, that that there would be a problem, and and so yeah, they were they were cool though. I could tell he was someone's grandpa, and and they ran my they ran my license and my plates and everything, and I told them, well, I'm not so bad after all, and then they. Okay, well, we're not going to cite you, so it was all good. I was on my way. Thank God you weren't a terrorist. I wasn't a terrorist. You would have been the first terrorist they ever found. They'd have been so proud. <laughs> it would have been great if they would have found an Islamist extremist from, <laughs> Islamist from, ISIS, from ISIS. From ISIS. <laughs> ISIS. Yeah. Damn, but they didn't. I was just, I was just a, I was just a regular nice guy that happened to have long hair that they made stand out in his underwear. So, <laughs> oh, it was, it was fine. It was fine. Yeah, but Chris, we had I, we had a nice talk out there. You told me your bear story. That was you guys may not have known, but Chris like hikes that Appalachian Trail and and he's like met bears personally and. Yeah, that bears in my personal space. Up close yep. and personal. No, Black that's bears. a true story, yeah. Uh, brown brown bear. Look brown. Isn't a, br- isn't a brown, a brown bear a grizzly bear? I don't, I don't necessarily think so. I think there's distinct... I think there's brown bears that are just brown, and there's a uh, grizzly is another category pretty sure but uh no the bear was like literally I, I just about as about as close to a bear as i guess you could possibly get i mean it was like between me and this rock it was uh, i set my food down which was not a very good idea thinking back on it it's like that was a bad place to put my food i but i'd never thought in a hundred years a bear would just come right up to you well, like grab your shit I, yeah, I didn't think that was going to happen, but it did happen. Bears are very interested in food. Yeah. My grandmother lived in the Poconos when I was a kid, so we see bears at the dump. Yeah, they're scared of people. Oh, I mean, if uh, they're not completely had that uh, worked out of them through people feed, hand-feeding them and stuff. But no, like uh, when I set up, the bear took off. But that that's typical... I don't know what happened if I would have tried to run or so. I don't know. You never know. But uh, yeah, it's a wild animal, so you get kind of could go either way. You know, that's why I don't go in the woods without a weapon. But a weapon wouldn't help you. Snug up on you. Yeah, it's had- funny. I uh, oh, I was gonna say, it's rich. Uh, I was gonna say, uh, I I I got this bear spray stuff, you know, in case, you know, for when you're camping, in case, you know, a bear comes or whatever, and what was funny about this stuff was it came with a pocket knife, <laughs> so I guess if, you know, if you miss or, like, the stuff runs out, I, I guess that's supposed to be your second line of defense or something. This is close combat, combat <laughs> pocket knife. Your close yeah. combat bear pocket knife. Yeah. yeah. Super good. Uh, oh, yeah. confidence. You just need confidence when you go in, get in a situation like that. Yeah, yeah. I guess you'd have to have a lot of confidence to, <laughs> to think that you're 
they're going to come out on top. You know, after the the the, the bear mace runs out, then, then yeah, yeah. Well, after I guess they got after you got him, got him all mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty funny. I think the bear is going to no, have its, if the bear want is going to have its way with you, if that's <laughs> what the bear wants. I mean, there's yeah, really uh, have you have, have you seen? Get out you've seen like bears climb trees. They can climb trees like it's it's freaking crazy, man. Mm-hmm. They go. I've I've seen a bear go. This was a different time. I saw a bear go just straight up a freaking tree, and it was a pretty good sized bear, and it and it and it took off and it went up the tree like it was the same the same pace as it was running on the ground. It just was running and then it just goes straight wow. up a tree like it was nothing. I was like, shit, you can't get away from a fucking bear. There's no way you can get away from him. You could climb. I saw a YouTube video where a guy shot a bear through the you know just right through the heart with the an arrow. Standing, he's all camouflaged out, and just that bear took off right for him and just veered off a little bit. That bear, like three steps, it went fucking thirty feet. It was gone. Just been shot. His heart just went out his back. It just took off out of the picture. Out faster than any man I've ever seen run. Oh yeah, they run so fast, man. It's, It's crazy. But yeah, they they're they're scared of people generally. So I mean I wouldn't uh, if you're if you're going to be prey they might treat you as prey. Yes, I guess yeah. that's a trick not to be not to act like prey. That's a good good tip I think. That's that's where the that's where the the hand to hand combat comes in I guess right. Show them who's boss. Yeah, get your party knife out. <laughs> What's funny about that? I, I'm personally not really all that worried about it. I was it was really uh, to appease my wife, but um, yeah, I thought I thought that was pretty funny. But uh, with the pocket knife and all, but then I found out from somebody who lives up in uh, Washington State, and he's saying he's come pretty close to bears. And yeah, exactly. They just you could get pretty close, and they'll just run away. So I mean, I, I don't know. I think there might be a little. Hype and, and and how threatening the bear is. Not you know what I mean. Like I, I don't think I, I don't really want to take on a bear, but but I I don't know. It seems like probably people are a little more worried than they probably need to be. You know. You know what? If I'm way out in the fucking woods, way out in the woods by myself, I'd rather see a bear than another person. I don't know about that motherfucker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well then. There's bears, and then there's Sasquatch and Yetis and Bigfoot. <laughs> so that's that's a totally different story. <laughs> I went yeah. to high school with the Bigfoot. I hate them motherfuckers. Well, there's not much to love about them. <laughs> Did they uh, rip trees out of the ground and stuff? It could just be bears doing that, I suppose, but... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, here. here. Here in Oklahoma, there's there's lots of stories going around. Yeah, I've heard stories. I don't I don't like going in the woods. So I couldn't walk the I couldn't hike the Appalachian Trail. I'd I feel pretty safe. It sounds sounds like a good time to me. Yeah, stay away from danger. 
Yeah. How long did that? How long did you end up taking to do that, Chris? I took a long time, longer than normal. I was out there like seven months. Uh, typically, it's about six months. Uh, there's people that finish it in like four months. I was talking to different people that were. It's, it's all all different. I mean, uh, well, of course, there's people that practically run the trail too, that will finish it pretty fast. But I I I was taking the I was just taking my time and uh so i got up to delaware water gap and i took a bus up to uh the white mountains so i skipped a section of it to make it up to maine before winter and when i got up to maine it was it was it just started snowing the last day i was on the trail yeah so i when i got up in the morning to to get off the trail and to get on get into town and get on the bus it was snowing that day and that was the uh, beginning of October. Oh, okay. So it was like, uh, so I got I got it, I got out just in time. So I, it worked out really good. It actually worked out really good. Um, it was just kind of, but I kind of have a tendency not to really plan things out. So either, you know, it, but it, it, usually they happen to work out pretty good like that. But uh, yeah, it's, I, I really didn't expect it to get that cold that quick. And then when I started, when I started getting the indicators that it was starting to get cold, I was like, "Yeah, I got to hurry up and hustle up the trail." And I and I ended up you know, making it just in time because uh, I wasn't equipped to stay in the winter conditions. That was for sure. You got to get on the bus before you freeze your dick off out there. Oh man, it was pretty cold that night. It was. It got down in the forties, and I had like a. a like a 50 degree bag and it was like it was it was pretty damn cold it was it was getting too cold to sleep with my gear and it was uh so i it, and that was that that last night when it got cold it was uh, before that it was pretty decent i mean it wasn't wasn't too cold to sleep or anything so it, it just the timing couldn't have been more uh perfect on that i just happened to hit it just right but uh yeah, man, it was like it was winter was coming on already, and it was uh, but I but the the trail ends in uh, Maine, pretty far into Maine, so you're like a, I think the end the Katahdin is where the trail ends, Katahdin Mountain, and uh, that's that's uh, up into Maine ways. So, uh, so I yeah, just cool. wondering, like, so how did you make your way back to Oklahoma then from there? Greyhound. Oh, okay. Ooh, shit, that was about five days. Oh yeah, that was the that was the the roughest part of his damn bus ride. <laughs> <laughs> Rest of it was easy. The buses, yeah, buses. Though all the buses, the bus. But I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember it being that. It wasn't all that bad. But it was just uh, as long as you're able to sleep. But uh, man, I've been on bus rides before that were just freaking awful it's just horrible um i was on a bus one time i don't think i've been on a good one oh you can get on them sometime and they'll be just completely packed i mean i've been on them where there's people standing in the aisles because there's no seating Jeez. like for and they're going like just hours standing up you know because there's no <laughs> there's no seats 
I don't know. I was in a riot in in Memphis on whatever that main street is at the bus station. Fucking like four in the morning. A bunch of people, someone cut. And a bunch of fat black chicks went at it. I'm like, a hundred of them. Dang. Oh, yeah, you'll see all kinds of crazy shit. A hundred fat black chicks? Yes, in Memphis, whatever, Bill Street, yeah. Don't take the bus there tonight. I know this sounds racist, <laughs> but I'm, you know, I'm a half-breed. But, hey, that shit was crazy. That's not racist. <laughs> it ain't. No, you're just speaking your experience. <laughs> it happened, yeah, real. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, you'll see uh, all kinds of interesting stuff on the bus. That's probably the first place I saw real training. <laughs> oh man! Dude, in Costa rest. Rica, they'll have their, they'll have like on the night bus. On in Costa Rica, like on, on bad roads, there'll be little kids and stuff on the bus, and it'll be really hot. And but everyone's everyone's used to it, and the babies don't cry, and and everyone's nice, and you just have to get used to riding on the bus. I think. Yeah. Not so bad. Oh, yeah. Probably just routine just for them, People get used to watching TV every fucking day. Well, it makes you retarded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People get used to being retarded, I reckon. They do. It's not a problem. Especially if they give you a degree or two. Hey, well, there's a good line from that movie Idiocracy, that Mike Judge movie Idiocracy, mm-hmm. and they said, "Yeah, well, it's no problem. Like, like my girlfriend was retarded, and she's a pilot now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he was, and the guy saying that was a doctor or something. So <laughs> that's a good, that's a good movie. They they. They barely had a they barely had a trailer for that movie. It was just, they they won't promote it or anything, but it's but that's a little too close to reality, I think. Yeah, that they they put it out there for a reason. I mean, it's all maybe so. They put in a movie. They want us to see it, or else they wouldn't put it in there. Yeah, you know. Think about it. Fuck. Yeah, it did yeah. have the kind of overpopulation theme and the eugenics theme. Yeah. In it, yeah, uh, so. that's right. You know, yeah, there's a bunch of call shit in movies. It's there for us, you know, and and by people are gonna start worshiping that shit. It's gonna be cool. That, hey, did you see that crazy shit? The uh, yeah, uh, arrest, Yeah, Mike Judge was on Alex Jones and stuff too. So maybe they just want to pretend like. Maybe they just want to pretend like they're not promoting it, so people so there can be some alternative media about it, and then they can all media. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it was definitely entertaining, though, and there was yeah, seems seems it had that realishness to it. So we're all pretty stupid. We're all stupid behind our egos. We want to be. They train us. 
that's where they throw us in school. We sit there, and, you know, the ones that want to be smart, smart you know, they raise their hand, ooh, 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 teacher, teacher, ooh, ooh, ooh. What the fuck is that all about? Well, the thing is, academia is a license to scoff at anything that you've never heard of before. Yeah, because so, you want to please teacher. Mm-mm-mm, I have the answer. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah those, it, those, they're people that's pleasers. That's, 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 that noise is, that's the sound of critical thought leaving a child. Mm-mm-mm, mm-mm. The mind is fucking P's and Q's. You shouldn't be, you know, you didn't have to figure shit out. Study. When your old man start talking. Mm-hmm. I know teacher told me this. This is what you said to you. Mm-hmm. It's not even it's not, so much, it's, not, it's not so much, uh, uh, uh. It's almost like, uh, uh. Yeah. It's, like it's like the millennial wine that they have. Like, yeah. And if you're going yeah. you become a doctor or a lawyer or a fucking <laughs> philosopher or a scientist. Yeah. Or maybe if you're ugly enough, you can be a politician. Yeah. You're good at lying and acting and all that shit. And same difference. What is acting but lying? It's a serious problem. It's pretty fucking deep, yeah. Pretty fucking deep. The actors are fucking important. important. Your five beta capitites can't see it because of pride. Why do people care what actors say? Like, they always have the, the... You have all these actors that have their opinions and they get up they get up in front of, like, they do speeches and stuff and at these rallies. It's like, what? why should I care what, uh, like, Ashley Judd has to say? What, who is she? Why is she an authority? Like, why are any of them any kind of a, regarded as any kind of an authority whatsoever? Doesn't make why any sense. Why do we go see make-believe fucking plays and films? We have so many fucking pro- Let's go figure some real shit out. Let's go, you know? It's because of the flashing lights that come out of the box. Yeah, the t- yeah, that fucking. That's why. Yeah, that's why the OSS gave us TV and all that shit. It's. I mean, that's why Kennedy. Kennedy's old man made his fortune in the fucking movie business. Kennedy's old man was a fucking movie mogul. He started RKO. That was in the Rocky. That was that was in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Remember that they had the RKO at the very yeah. end of it. It's it's like RKO, and they had the big, they had the big tower with the the radio antenna, and it said RKO. That sounds like their trans whatever agenda. Yeah, that sounds. Yeah, yeah that's trans. That's all. Tra- that's transgender. That's that's how we learned the word. Transvestite, transsexual, that was like a big song, and everyone was singing it and stuff. The, you know, and, and, and kids, smart like smart, you know smart, smart kids Here's would go into that. Yeah, yeah. This is smart guys, or smart whatever they were. Smart. Yeah, they, they call plastic. They call <laughs> shit. You know, the smart motherfuckers. They go see the smart shit. When did that come out? That was in the 70s, right? Yeah. Yeah. But when I was in high school in the eighties and the well the yeah, late eighties, very late eighties. Like the it was a cult classic, so like the wanna be you know, not the The teaching us you know, how like to dress the, up. Yeah, yeah, the people that, you know, thought they were, you know, cool or too cool. They would go see the Rocky whatever it's fucking called. I never seen it. 
They were yeah. kind of, they were kind of cool. They were like loose chicks and shit there. Oh. It was cooler than the it was cooler than the hair bands and other shit that was going on. And that's yep, where you go to the theater and you thing. yell at the screen and shit. Don't they have? Do they have yeah, live actors so. that come it's in to fun, the theater? It's funny. I think there's a bunch of movies that did that, or a few. They're called I don't know, cult classics. Yeah. You know, they like, still do that too. Like with the Rocky yeah. Horror thing, you still can do that. Like go, go do the whole big party and whatever. Like at a screening of it. It was a good Brother, time. I was yeah. I was into that. It was a good time. Hmm. I didn't like put lipstick on or anything, but it was like I was hanging out. <laughs> Were you supposed to, or? Yeah, well, you, like, could, you could be you could be stuff. underage. The thing is, you could be underage and you could go to the movies and you could and it was a big event and there were chicks there like making you do stuff and so it was kind of it was yeah, kind I of a, avoid it. I hear you. That's so, the thing. It's the spirit of it's honey. It's a honey pot, I guess. How can you not go to that? Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe it was all a. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah, when you watch that movie again, it's like, what the fuck was I thinking? Oh, my God. Just, I didn't know anyone who was really, you know, I knew people who were, you know, into that, but I, they weren't, I wouldn't hang out with them and shit. I didn't. They were weird, for lack of a better word. Well, that's what we're supposed to do. That's how it's all designed. So Trump's going to figure this shit out. Just believe in Trump. So, Chris, did you, did you get that? thing that I sent you about Mussolini and I think Trump must be practicing in the mirror to, to look just like Mussolini. Yeah, I should I should uh need to post that. That I think that's uh you know Mussolini was an actor. That's my opinion and then uh he, Trump is kind of picking and choosing his actors to to mimic, which I think they all do to one degree or another. Uh, I heard. He didn't take a shirt off. Like Mussolini used to like take a shirt off with his patent leather boots. I heard that uh, before on the radio. I just heard a snippet that. So I guess Trump. Uh, it, it, it didn't work out. He wasn't able to get rid of the Affordable Care Act or whatever or something. I, I guess like, I was really surprised. Oh, okay. I don't know if you guys heard any of that, like, or, or whatever. I, I, I didn't hear the follow-up or anything. Uh, it was, like, kind of like, uh, you know, like, they were teasing it for that was what they were going to talk about, but I, I didn't end up hearing it. But I guess, I guess, what, he, he, he gave up or something that, that, that's not going to happen, I guess. No, I, I hadn't heard that. So Obamacare is here to stay is what he's saying? I guess that was what I gathered from, from the little thing I heard there, yeah. I can't believe you signed up for that shit. I'm going to have to spare myself from this. Pretty funny. <laughs> there was somebody uh, that was mentioned, well, I'll just say it, it's Five Girl. It was somebody who had said right around the time of the election, I remember her saying, you know, people would get really pissed. You know, if if Trump doesn't follow through with like you know putting Hillary in jail and whatever, 
I've, I've wondered a few times, like, how she thinks it, if she still thinks that's going to work out or whatever. I don't think, I don't think Hillary's going to jail. Yeah. Well, sure yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't think it then either, but I mean, she was saying like, you know, people were going to take to the streets essentially if, 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 uh, so have you heard that well, Hillary... Also... Go ahead, uh, Chris. I was just going to say, have you heard that Hillary Clinton has uh, Kuru, like cannibals disease from eating human flesh? So that's why she's got all this problem. <laughs> oh, Oh, that makes sense. Somebody, there yeah, was some video they were showing that, and it's like, oh, she's got all the symptoms. And it's like, ah, is that true? Could that be? I don't know. Maybe it's true. I don't uh, know. Uh, I'm have to check out the next boiler room. They'll be all over that. <laughs> They're just all laughing yeah. their asses off. Fuck the bucket clown. Well, the, the, mo- the most disturbing thing, I think, is that Hillary Clinton looks, I think, and this is getting a little bit into the Dallas gold buggery stuff, which I don't totally take to, but but it's disturbing if you look at an interview with Shirley Jones, the actress who was on the Partridge family. She was the mom on the Partridge family. Something that really uh, turtled my milk was listening to Shirley Jones. She sounds like Hillary Clinton. She laughs like Hillary Clinton, and she do, she doesn't look exactly like her. But but it's it's disturbing. And uh, <laughs> yeah, she was. And and being being from being from Oklahoma, Shirley Jones was the actress in the movie, not the musical, but the but the movie version of Oklahoma. She was the yeah the young the young the young actress. And uh, yes, yeah, she sound her voice sounds like her, and 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 that's just fucking nuts. Excuse my French. Shirley Jones, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm not on board with that either. But but that's isn't she too old? I don't know. She's a little too old. She's a little too old. She's like eighty something, but she still looks. She looks pretty good. That's the. I mean, Hillary. Hillary doesn't look that great either. So. No, I mean, I don't think she's in her eighties. Shirley Jones, I think, is supposed to be in her eighties, but uh, who knows. It could be total. It could be total horseshit. That that voice, uh, and the laugh. Don't sweat it. Trouble figure it out. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. All right. All right. You're fine, kids. All right, well. All right, y'all. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for coming out. Yeah, thanks, Rich, man, and uh, we have Sean, Brian. It was good meeting Brian. We had a good time. Not uh, had a beer, had a chat. That was cool. So yeah, like uh, that was a big, that was a big ass beer. Yeah, it was a 
good beer too. It was like a house brew uh, out there at Mears Burger. That was that was decent. I like that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, appreciate appreciate you picking up the tab, man. That was cool too. Always always like that. People uh, pick up the tab. That's and uh, see what else. Da 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 da. That was a good call. I think we got a lot of stuff in there, didn't we? Bigfoot, multiverse, electrons, uh, psyops. That was a packed, packed call. Packed. Absolutely packed. Um, Cool. So we had Sean. Thanks, man. Who called earlier? Northeast uh, Connecticut. New caller. Always like to hear new callers. Da 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 da. So yeah, real good. Never heard from New York City. I don't know if they're on the line, but maybe they're just listening. That's cool. So uh, yeah, man. Thanks for calling in. Uh, yeah, Brian, uh, call in again, man. I'll do it, man. Cool. All you guys, yeah, call in next time. Uh, check out Hoaxbusters Call. com for in- post of interest. Check out uh, Adam Miller sent me a link to uh, people bathing in crude oil. Maybe crude oil isn't so bad after all. It's like at health properties. Check it out. Hello, this is Lenny. Thank you for listening to the Hoaxbusters Call. You can subscribe to the podcast at hoaxbusterscall.com. Support the Hoaxbusters call by rating it on iTunes, sharing it on social media, fire off a donation at hoaxbusterscall.com. Conspicuous graffiti in public places. Hoaxbusters call. Conspiracy. Just theory. John, this is Paul Craig Roberts. You understand that after the social collapse of World War Three. The neocons will destroy the dollar. The pog will be the only currency. You'll have to have a slammer pog. It'll have my face on it. You could call it Pog Greg Roberts. That'll be the new currency, Alex. And we're not getting what humans always thought was key, the bone broth. The bone broth. 
This is, I can say without a doubt, at least in my experience, that this is literally... This is a super home run available at InfoWarsLive.com, and it supports the broadcast. All right, all the big news straight ahead. Thanks, Buckley. You're killing me, Vern. I got to go. You should call, because... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.